Warning. Explicit content. Listener discretion is advised. What's up, you guys? Welcome to the Great Northeast BJJ Podcast, Saturday night, fourth edition of the BJJ All-Stars. Um, the first one we did was kind of a crazy experiment, and, uh, and it made me feel so much better about my life, because I was feeling pretty bad before we did it, that uh, we've been doing it every week, so with different people. Uh, so... I don't know what the Riddler is showing us. He's showing us on live. You are live, um, guys. We got a couple more people coming, so but I'll I'll introduce you guys and uh, um, and then as they come in, we'll we'll talk to those fools. But uh, welcome you guys to the podcast. Some guys are returning, and some guys it's the first time. Um, my brother Greg Wood from Plainville Martial Arts in Connecticut. Welcome, um, Steve oh. Austin from Scion BJJ in Pennsylvania. Welcome, brother. And uh, Bryant Pangolinen. Did I, how, do, how do you say your last name, Bryant? Pangolinen. 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 Yeah, it is. My friend Bryant from Sabre Jiu-Jitsu all the way from the Golden Gate Bridge in California. What's up, brother? <laughs> how are you guys? Good. Nice and to meet everybody. Nice to see you, bro. seeing you again. And last but not least, my friend Jay Mansfield. Sporting a new haircut. Okay. Lift that camera up. Though. Yeah. Oh, nice. there you go. What up, Jay? Oof. What's up, Brian? How you doing, brother? Good to see you, man. Good to see you, too, man. I, I, great view you have over the Golden Gate there. <laughs> you like that? <laughs> I mean, I prefer mine. <laughs> Yours is nice. Yours is nice. <laughs> What's up, Dark Nightbird? Steve Austin? Hey, man. What's going on, man? Great yeah, nice to meet you. What's going on, guys? So much. It's chilling, brother. How you doing? I'm starting to go crazy. <laughs> like, I, 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 I feel like I'm not even lying. Like, you know, like everyone's like, oh, I'm going crazy. Like, it's, it's weird. Like, I think I'm starting to lose my mind. Like, I'm doing things during the day. My body's just kind of doing it. Brain's thinking about other stuff. <laughs> like, I'm, I got a green mohawk. You know, I mean? I'm, I'm, I'm figuring out weird stuff to do with my time. Uh, if I don't choke somebody or get choked, I don't care which. <laughs> make it happen. Just make it happen. <laughs> Hey, what's up to my friend Kevin Watson joining us from, uh, from my hometown, Kevin Watson, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in Dover, New Hampshire. My first time doing this. Thanks for having me. Nice. Dude, Professor welcome. Watson, what's happening, brother? Hey, it's nice to meet you guys. <laughs> Kevin, how you doing, man? Hanging in there, man. Going a little bit stir crazy. Not being able to feel uh, another person's pressure on top of me. Um, trying to put somebody else's foot and pull somebody else's <laughs> off the <his> socket. <laughs> hey, Jay. It's nice to finally meet you. I love you, Mohawk. Thanks, man. I'm going. I was just telling these guys I'm going a little bit crazy. Oh, absolutely. Man, Steve I, uh, Austin, what have you been up to, man? What have you been doing uh, during the quarantine besides drinking margaritas? Uh, it's my whole new thing, like a drink every day kind of thing, just to cheers everyone, you know, get through it. 
But uh, as long as I do more push-ups than alcohol consumption, I'm okay. Uh, <laughs> is that a one-for-one one thing? What's that? Like one drink per push-up? Um, I don't know how I'm doing the ra ratio yet. So, <laughs> I mean, that sounds pretty good. As long as I'm doing push-ups every morning, I can drink at night. That's how I look at it. Right. I like it. No, but, um, honestly, like house projects, different things, doing some filming for this guy, the guys at the school, just keeping some kind of form of schedule so I don't go stir crazy. But I, I do miss the physical contact and like just training itself. So the stir crazy is everyone. Yeah, absolutely. I'll tell you, man, I've been really, uh, you know, obviously up until now and, and, you know, but over the last six months or so, you've been posting a lot of technique videos. And obviously, like, the, uh, the the more sportier stuff, you know, like, the gay chokes and stuff is cool. Like, all of us jiu-jitsu geeks love it. But uh, a lot of that self-defense stuff is really awesome, man. I love that you're sharing that stuff. That's cool. It shows the other side of the art that's... Honestly, that's that's why I got into jiu-jitsu at first, because of the self-defense application. Yeah. And then you get kind of, like, you know, sucked into the sport realm. And it was like, oh, well, this is our thing. We're competing. And then everybody forgets what it's like to be in a real fight, you know? Yeah. But thank you. I appreciate that. Absolutely. Hey, Steve, you remember, like, you remember coming over to my house and hanging out in the garage? Yeah. How did, where were you going? Like, how did you end up? How did I talk you into coming and hanging out in my garage with me and doing a podcast? Uh, I was doing a couple seminars up that way, and you hit me <laughs> up. You were like, oh, you want to you wanna come train, spend a night in the garage, and talk to <laughs> soon? Fuck, why not? I get so, everybody uh, that way, man. Let's do some karate in the garage. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a party. Brian, where are you going to California? Uh, just doing projects like these other guys. Like, uh, there's a lot of stuff with it around the house. Uh, I ride bikes, so a lot of bike projects, stuff with my truck, my dogs. Uh, so just whatever I can do to stay busy, that's about it. Um, other than that, uh, it's been a rough couple of months for me. Uh, my dad passed away in January. So it's like, you know, to go from one tragedy to then all of a sudden now we're in a crisis situation. I'm like, man, can I just catch a break? But you know, we're doing our best, but I'm doing okay. And you know, uh, my team's still supporting us and, and, uh, everything's good. Awesome. Glad to, glad to hear that. Obviously all the love to you. you like, I, I I didn't know your dad, but like for everything that you post, you seem like a direct reflection of that guy. Thanks, brother. Yeah, my dad was a great man. He was a great man. And it's it's true. Like twenty twenty has been rough. I lost my best friend last month, and uh, you know we we're we're dealing with all this stuff. It's not a great start, but you know yeah, uh, we we just got to put the pedal to the metal, and you know hard hard work overrules all, and we'll kind yeah. of this thing and get back on track and. You know, honor those folks and, you know, show them what we can do, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I see, like, you know, tragedy can lead you into better things. And that's how I, I got to stay optimistic. I got to look at this whole thing between my dad's passing and this whole thing going on with, you know, all of us losing our, our schools in a way and, you know, the day-to-day -day interaction, training. Like, there's going to – there's got to be an end to it and there's going to be something at the end of it, I believe, that's going to be even greater. So. Can you imagine hunger of people to get back on the mat when whoever it is says, okay, you guys can go? Like, it's it's going to be insane. It's going to be crazy. Do you think you'll have some guys like gun shy to get in there and train? 
Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure. I have a I have a br- pretty big no. team with a lot of affiliates, <laughs> and quite honestly, like like uh, a couple of the leaders of my team were all talking about how we're gonna we're probably gonna do some sort of like filtering of maybe you know a certain number of people in a class, and you know making sure there's no cross-training outside of the team and affiliation just to keep it you know within the family for a little bit just to kind of test the waters because i think if we all just jump in like a battle royale it's going to get crazy again yeah one idea i had was uh having um have people have designated partners like uh four are only allowed to work with you four right mm-hmm. you're, you're always going to be in the same part of the room if the room's big enough right in the same part yeah. of the room you four always in that corner and mm-hmm. back and you're training but you're not Everywhere you're not all over everyone. We're not cross training yet. I just keep thinking about the poor, the poor bastard who gets hurt the first day back. And I'm just hoping yeah. that's not me. Yeah. Not me man. <laughs> I had a well, finger yesterday uh, training with his brother in his garage. Oh, oh Jesus, man! Yeah. Everybody yeah, fingers and toes—they almost all count. <laughs> Everybody's got like one round in them, and they're smoked. Yeah. Right. right. It's, it's definitely going to show who was working out during all this and who was doing nothing. <laughs> That's real, man. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm getting better with it. I feel like I'm, I'm kind of stuck in the middle, right? I'm making some bad food decisions. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> everyone, every, everyone, everyone that's here, like, uh, you know, we're not getting the number of workouts that we're used to getting like 10, 12 workouts a week. You know what I mean? Like that's not happening. Right. So, and I went, I went literally from the best shape of my life, you know, uh, at, at the beginning of March, getting ready for pans. And Mr. Pangelinum was not in my division. So I was like pretty stoked to go out there and compete. Um, <laughs> and till, till now, like, you know, even, you know, my wife and I did uh, a bunch of, you know, squats and bench and uh, try extensions and bicep, like some different stuff. Mm-hmm. That is, it's helpful, right? It's like, it'll, it'll keep us in reasonable condition to come back to, but I feel like all of us have to have, be at less than 50% capacity with, with workout load. Yeah. 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 I, you know, it's funny, Jay, is that <laughs> I was going to use pans as my kind of like to get over the heat because of my pop, you know, like I was training, like I was going to do it. And I was waiting up until that last minute. I was going to sign up and I was going to text you like, hey, I'm in. <laughs> and, well, then, dude, and, then, and then they dropped the ball on us. So. Right, right. Well, I, hey, man, next year we can meet in the finals and that'll be cool. I'm, I'm in, I'm in. <laughs> uh, and I was doing the same thing. You know what I mean? It was really emotional for me. Mm-hmm. I was like, I knew that if I didn't do it, uh, you know, if I, if, I, if I dropped because of Jared's passing, he would be so pissed at me. And I, knew yeah. I had to do it. And, but it was funny. I was sitting there and I'm talking to Mike Pellegrino and we're like going back and forth. And he's like, you know, university of California shut down. And I was like, all right, we're probably next, but it's, I was thinking maybe like optimistically it's an independent organization. So maybe they can still rent the space and it's not part of UC. And, mm-hmm. okay. and then when it came out, so it like, they're like, Hey, we've canceled pans. I had a king size Milky way in my belly and in the way to the grocery store within five minutes to get mac and cheese and an entire ice cream cake. That's awesome. It's crazy. I wonder why you gained like 30 pounds. <laughs> it's not 30. I was 219 this morning, by the way. Just are, we, are we talking about Fudgy the Whale? I was going to say Jay Mansfield versus Fudgy the Whale for the finals. Or was it, I, co- it, was, or was it Cookie Puss? 
It was so they didn't have Carvel cakes were in the ah. in the Hannafords out this way. They're friendly, so there's less cookie in the middle. Uh, but that like cool gel frosting they put on yeah, man. the unsung hero of ice cream cakes is that Tom, Car- Tom Carvel knew what he was doing guys. We're already getting some comments here. So I'm going to interrupt every now and then and, uh, and pass these comments along for the people that are, uh, are watching live. First off, uh, Aaron says, Jay love the Hawk. Mm-hmm. Uh, thanks brother. John Paul says, if you've always been out of shape, no one will ever know the difference. <laughs> and- That's a good yeah. point. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that directed towards? <laughs> uh, Aaron also asked, do you think you guys, do you guys think everyone's going to come back and kill more? I'm going to answer that. Yes, it's going to be freaking WrestleMania if you guys let it yeah. be that way. And uh, people are going to get hurt because everyone wants to train so bad. I don't know about getting hurt, but. You know, Sometimes what do you think? When you're not in shape, you can get injured, you know? Yeah. True. Not, not pliable, not mobile. You know, that's usually the culprit. Yeah. You know, dehydrated, non-mobile is, is usually like hard training will do it. Um, I think actually Brian's probably the, the best one to, to point this to. It's a lifetime of like strength and conditioning with this guy and competition. <laughs> like, what do you think? It, it, it's it's going to be, people that that are going to be so like in over their head as far as oh i've been wanting to train for so long and then just like you said the lack of everything due to this quarantine is gonna is gonna show and that's why i was saying like man there's got to be some sort of like regulation with us school owners like how we're gonna do this safely so we make sure we don't have hurt students and and over over piling on top of each other you know and that whole hysteria that can happen so this is all brand new to everybody, but at the same time, it's like I'm encouraging my team to making sure that, you know, you work out, whatever you can do, even if it's just running outside, do something, you know, to make sure they, they stay on top of it because obviously, you know, maintaining your health is going to keep you, you know, going through this. Right. What about you, Kevin? Like, so Kevin runs an amazing school in, uh, in Dover, New Hampshire. Uh, I know a bunch of his guys like um, – like what have you guys thought about how you're going to approach this thing when we get back to training? Um, just I, one of the guys just uh, made the suggestion about uh, just four man training teams, and uh, I've I've got the liberty, and I'm very very lucky to have uh, be able to offer the school every hour. So I'm thinking maybe every 45 minutes, a uh, group of like. 12 guys or four sets or 16 people, four sets of four people come in at a time if they want. Um, or even there's two or three out of the group of four that want to come in and train. At least you stick with the four people that you're um, grouped up with for at least two weeks to maybe three weeks. And then if nobody keeps getting sick or nobody gets sick, then maybe uh, cycle out, uh, maybe change up a little partner in and out of a group or mm-hmm. something. That's an interesting thought. So, uh, you know, what, what uh, Greg had mentioned these four-person teams, like he's got a nice big academy. You can segregate a, a piece of the mat for each four-person group, right? But yeah. you can also change the uh, your hours of the academy to accommodate for these folks. So you could bring in, you know, if you have a smaller academy, you can bring in 12 people at a time, as an example, and, like, seg- segment the mat the same way and just say, hey, yeah. You're from, you know, uh, six to seven. You're from seven to eight. You're from eight. Right. To- yeah, you yeah, mean that's like- what I was thinking about doing too. Sorry. Uh, you know, we offer on a regular four class times a day, 6 a.m., noon, 6 p.m., and 7 p.m. 
So, I mean, to limit the number in a class, I, I would totally be open to, you know, putting more. Cause, I mean, it's all I do all day long, so you might as well just hang out at the academy. But, you know, just... just <laughs> what I've been dying for. <laughs> Get back here. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, why not, you know? And it's going to... We're, we're going to be filtering all, filtering in all these people. And, and, and a friend of mine mentioned, he's in law enforcement. He's like, man, it wouldn't be a bad idea if hopefully someone comes up with some sort of affordable way that these uh, small businesses and public type uh, uh, areas can give us like a, a, a temperature gauge for someone walking through the door, like, all right, you're good. Like, you know, just making sure we're all clear, just the CYA on everything, you know? I think it has to be a lot of trust too on your, your yeah. students and the teammates to be able to have the respect for each other and um, yeah. to not come in if you feel sick. And yeah. even if you just it's have a, a little bit of an ache. Just stay home. It's a, it's a super, super sensitive topic, right? So uh, if you don't do jujitsu, then you probably don't know. Yeah. Uh, if you do, then you do know, like, how this bug works. And you – every minute that we're not on the mat is a moment of progression and finding out more about ourselves and developing our game and understanding more about this thing. And um, so people are really itchy. They want to train so bad and we're all going so crazy at this point that we start thinking crazy thoughts. Like, Hey, what if I just get together with this guy? Mm-hmm. Schedule life, yeah. You know what I mean? And the more people do that, the more havoc. Jiu-jitsu for most of us is like a form of therapy. Like I tell yeah. you, I'm not selling martial arts. I'm selling therapy. It's combative therapy. We all get some kind of relief of it because of the chemicals that it creates of just you're getting your endorphins, your dopamines, your serotonin, you're getting your oxytocin from like connecting and actually physically contact with people. And we are cut off from that supply. You got people that are getting real stir crazy that normally want it because we're being stripped of this for, our, for ourselves. And I know for me personally, like that's why I got into teaching jiu-jitsu is because it was that relief. Yeah. And now it's like, all right, well, that's gone. What do I have to do mentally? Like, that's why, like, as soon as I saw that grappling dummy video, I was like, I got to, I got to make it. I got <laughs> yeah. something. I got to, I got to play. Um, my wife doesn't train, but she's like, I'll give you just, I'll let you move me around for a little bit. Just, yeah. and like, just that connection and that movement, like gives you a little bit of sanity left, to be honest. Man. So Mike Pellegrino, um, his fiance is Half Gracie's first female black belt. He's got it made, you know, but she's she, right. so she can't do that much. Chris Owen out in uh, my buddy out in Arizona, you know, his wife is is a pretty high level purple belt, and they have. I'm like, God damn it, honey, God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> and look what happened today. You like, got a green mohawk. <laughs> <laughs> I got. It. Look at you guys. Look at you guys, dude. <laughs> I get beat up by everybody in my house. You you probably getting all the training you want to get, and I just want to say fuck you. <laughs> training all the time. I, 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 I got a second that emotion there. I mean, so, people who can train at home. Ah, uh, guys, there's some more people uh, writing uh, writing in. I want to make sure everybody's uh, keep the comments together so I don't have to read too many at a time. Uh, Jared, well, actually, let's come back to that one. Corey says, cleaning the mats in, beti- in between uh, classes are going to take some time, so you're going to need to think about that. Uh, Does anybody not do that? No, I mean, he means if, if you have everybody coming in on the hour, you know what yeah. I mean? You're right. That's a good point. That's a good point. That's actually the original reason I came up I, that I was thinking about doing, uh, you have to have your own section of the room because my 
my ramping into the four person thing was having like two person privates and we would do it in one part of the mat. And then I would just, you know, uh, 45 minutes and then clean for 15 and then let that dry. Hopefully as I do another area. Mm. Uh, can I ask an operations question for you guys, like the school owners out there? Um, do you guys have like uh, George and I have been talking about uh, like a, like a bulldog type thing, like a machine cleaner. Do you guys use that or do you, you do like no, old school? I'm, I'm still old school, big old sprayer, like industrial size sprayer. I have about 3,000 square feet of mat space, so we just like <laughs> just douse it. And I mean, Kurt taught me a long time ago, make it rain and make it just flooded and you'll know everything's going to die. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> and the that's the napalm go. version. Yeah, pretty much. So yeah, I'm old school. Matter of fact, it's funny because we I just threw out my old mop pads. I'm like, screw it. And I just ordered new ones today. So it's a good call. We should all be replacing that stuff. Like, yeah, actually, I, I use a company called Sintas. Um, I don't know exactly how far they are. I, I don't think they're out on the West Coast, but they, they supply. Are. Okay, yeah, they supply all my soap, my hand sanitizer. Nice. They come out once every two weeks, change the mop heads, change the brooms, change my mm -hmm. mat. So, um, it. It's, it's a fee, of course, but, I mean, they do all the toilet paper, all the paper towels, so I don't have to, like, do, like, remember, oh, shit, I ran out of paper towels. Mm -hmm. Toilet paper, I don't know what's going to happen now with that, but, you know. Yeah, I, I, made, a, I made a post a couple of weeks ago. I'm not sure if you guys saw, but uh, I, I use a Dollamer mat cleaner at my place, and we've done it since day one, and, like, shoot, we've been doing this since I was in wrestling, like, way back in, you know, way back when. If you look on the ingredients, it says kills coronavirus. Yeah. So that's pretty legit, you know, like, that uh, is legit. you know, so I actually, I message those guys. Thank you for what you do because, and it's funny, you go on Amazon right now. You can't even buy Mac cleaner right now. Yeah. It's all sold out. Greg Wood's got a special quarantine room. Oh yeah. Because I just moved, I put a, I, I matted part of my basement and I set up like lighting and camera. And, and so I have like a, you know, P, uh, PMA video class HQ in my basement. Nice. Well, if you guys, so a lot of people are having trouble finding sanitizer right now because like if you go to your local grocery store or Walgreens or anything like that, they're completely sold out. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but uh, my friend in my upper right here, upper left. Um, it's everyone's upper left. Yeah. Tortuga oh, Soap Company, uh, not only do they make amazing soap, <laughs> you guys should check out. Uh, they do a tea tree thing for jujitsu folks on the regular basis, but also... They're one of the few people that continue to manufacture a ton of like really high quality hand sanitizer and sanitizer. So uh, I think if you look at Tortuga Soap on uh, on Etsy for anybody that's listening, that's looking for that stuff, um, you're you're supporting a local business. It's obviously what you guys need. I, I hate to plug on the podcast. I don't want to do it. Oh, oh yeah. the only soap I use. Um, I have no problem plugging. Isn't it I, don't great? <laughs> it's great. I love their soap. It's the best. I do. I love that soap. Thank you. Thank yep. you. Absolutely. It's Dear Dolomer, send us all a jug. Thanks. <laughs> Fair enough. So, Kevin, Kevin, you got your black belt from Marcelo Alonso, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I was talking, I've been running in, like, I've been talking to a bunch of Carlson guys lately, and we were talking to a friend of ours from, uh, from the Netherlands, who's a Carlson, you know, lineage. And he was taught, I was like, you ever train with Marcelo Alonso? He's like, yeah, that guy is mean. I was like, dude, he's like the nicest guy ever. He's like, did you roll with him? I was like, no, I didn't, but he's super nice. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, he's a demon to roll with. I think the last time I trained with him was I was back in Seattle. Um, when I first came back out to the East Coast or moved back to New Hampshire, he came out and supported a seminar with, I think I had like six people in Kittery, Maine. And um, that was kind of the last time that I really like trained with him. But he's always, he's got a lot of bad injuries. He just tore his whole shoulder, um, completely tore his shoulder in Brazil, I want to say. Um right around nine years ago, seven years ago. Well, he's a little guy, man. I mean, and he yeah, grew up. <laughs> so we have some, uh, some interesting comments here. Uh, Justin made the point that Mac cleaning could be irrelevant if this is airborne anyway. Uh, if it's, if that's the case. Um, yeah. If we were training now, I mean, like the idea is we do what we can when we come back. Right? Sure. Mm-hmm. Right. But he made a really good point, which I love. Uh, outdoor training is uh, an idea yeah. as well. You know? I wish, yeah. That'd be great. And we, we've had a, a year. I have some mats that I throw out on the, uh, the lawn down by the pond and we train out here sometimes just uh, a couple of us or, you know, not certainly not during the, uh, during the pandemic. And there's something about training outdoors. I'm sure everybody will agree. Like you could just go and go and go. It just, it's like real energetic. Uh, Matthew wants to know, what are you drinking? Steve Austin. Margarita. Steve, it says margarita. Uh, uh, Corey says antibacterial, uh, shouldn't be confused with antiviral. I'm sure that we understand that. Robert says cucumber, cucumber, melon, Tortuga hand sanitizer is the rock. Nice. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, Greg, uh, a, a, a podcast veteran, Greg Sinelli, I'm trying not to use last names, but I'm sure Greg won't mind, uh, says, I can't get past Jay's hair. It's like a bad car accident. I can't look away. <laughs> oh, no. Come on, man. Hey. Uh, I, you know, I want to point back to the to the Steven Seagal ponytail that you were rocking for a few years. Like, you, you know, people in glass houses, brother. <laughs> Corey, uh, Corey says that it's the fruity pebbles seeping out. That's what makes it green. Uh, Chris <laughs> says that Jay looks like Yondu from Guardians of the Galaxy, which, of course, everybody agrees. And that's not a bad thing. Can you wish no. all? No, can you wish like this guy like he does? I can't do that. I don't have that skill. Right on. I'd love to have that wand. You know what I mean? So, so, yeah. Um, Has anybody been doing anything, like trying to do anything new during this uh, isolation? Yeah. Well, we're doing a 30-day challenge at at PMA at my school, um, and everybody's picking their own challenge. Just because there's 30 days, so we did a 30-day challenge. And I said, you pick your own challenge. Some people are doing their hobby. Some people are working on a language, getting up early. Um, some people are doing physical ones. Um, I, I decided to do push-ups, um, so I, I, and I've never really done a lot of push-ups. So, so I thought this was a, a lot when I started, but I, I decided to do 50 a day. But 50 days became really, really easy in the first week, so I'm, I'm up to 7,500 a day. and uh, it's just, It gives you a nice uh, soreness uh, the whole day. <laughs> if you're doing it every day, but it's good. I'm getting stronger. I can tell. So a uh, cool thing you can try, Greg is and and George and I, George has been doing pushups like a motherfucker, but uh, I got challenged by a guy that I, that I lift with to hit a thousand over the course of a weekend. And yeah. uh, it's, it's, you know what I mean? It sounds like a lot, but when you segment it out, you yeah. 20 or 30 and things add up quick. You know what I mean? You can get to your, I said, I do three thirty three Friday, Saturday, Sunday and be done. And 
it wasn't easy, but it kept me away. First of all, it made me active, you know what I mean? Cleared my head and kind of gave me some structure to do some things over the weekend when I normally be training. But yeah, it was, dude, my truck. Yeah. My backup, back I was, I was a police officer for many years. I was a police officer for many years and uh, I was a training officer in the police academy. And we used to challenge our recruits every day. And one of them was a push-up challenge in a day. And so wherever you were at, you just drop and push. And I, I got up to 1,070 in one day. Ooh, in one day. In one right, day. So, so. so I'm, I'm going to ask some questions too. So if, for those you got like anybody who does jiu-jitsu should know Bryant, but <laughs> one of the original members of the Show Your Roll crew, this guy's a <laughs> competitor, you know, runs an awesome school called Sabre. Thank you, man. Um, but also his background is strength and conditioning. So tell me, like, give me, like, I don't, you don't have to brag, you know, <laughs> right? Like talk to me about your numbers. Like what, like what's your biggest deadlift of your life? Uh, God, I used to pull six or six and up. Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, my best bench I did was like 455 and I did that like six times. Four fifty-five, six times. Yeah, <laughs> that is ridiculous. I stopped right there. I'm like, no more. My shoulders are—they can't handle that no more. But you know, it's like I squatted a lot, I deadlifted a lot, I benched a lot. But you know, like now, now I'm like well into my 40s, and I'm like, man, as long as I can do the movements still, I'm not worried about numbers anymore. You know? Right. Well, yeah, I, I issued I this challenge, and then I said I was going to do. I was like, well, as an example, I'll do push-ups. You know. And I have a student, and the next time I talk to him, because I'm calling all my students um, as we're apart, he's like, he's like, oh, I read this book by Herschel Walker a long time ago, and it's about how to hit, maybe you guys, some of you guys know this, about how he <laughs> would do 1,000 push-ups a day. Mm -hmm. So I started uh, uh, working my way up, and, then, and, so I, and I was like, you did 1,000 push-ups in a day? And he's like, he's like, yeah, I still do it twice a week. I'll do it. I was what? Mm -hmm. You do 1,000 push-ups. Two days a week, like this guy is broad chested, and and uh, you know, I guess we know why now. But like, uh, yeah, I got a student, so I was like, oh man, I got to at least go to a hundred. <laughs> so it's interesting. Like, so I, I uh, maybe someone on here knows better than I do, but uh, Herschel Walker went and competed in MMA maybe mm -hmm. ten years ago. Is my guess? Yeah, years yeah. ago. Strike Force. Right, and I don't know. I think he was it was well over forty at the time. Mm-hmm. And he was ripped to a jacked. <laughs> just jacked. And I'm yeah. like, Herschel, it's not the push-ups that are helping you. <laughs> like, I'm like, there's no, there's just no way. I mean, he's a super freak, so maybe he's like all natural. But yeah. you know, I think he said he did it like a thousand push-ups, a thousand sit-ups every day. Yeah. But he said that he did. I mean, that's just, that's insane. Well, you know, the thing is, it's like how we did it and how I got to that number. It was like, you take like a number. Mine was 20. If I can get to 20, if I can knock out on like another 10 in one session, then that I'm good. So, and then I started counting by sets. Like, all right, cool. I did, I did 10 sets of 20 today. Not bad. I'm going to try and get on better tomorrow and see what I can get. And so, you know, it would never be in succession. It'd be like, all right, uh, this hour I'll knock out three sets. The next hour, I just did one, or you know, I just you just right. play around with it. And I think now, since we have so much freaking time on our hands, like why not? Yeah, you get a little cool trivia thing for me. I do um, three hundred and fifty sit-ups three times a week. Nice. I've been doing it for like the last maybe the last year. Nice. 
Yeah, the diet doesn't always help, though. You have to eat good. <laughs> you got to eat good to like yeah. look good. So you have all the abs, but they might have a little <laughs> bit of padding on top of them. You know? It's okay. Everybody needs padding. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Actually, I was nervous about being too thin for the coronavirus because people um, have been dropping like 10 pounds in like a day, like yeah. dropping weight. I'm like, if I catch this thing and I'm at the weight I'm at, I'm in big trouble because- well, you're you're real lean to begin with. Uh, yeah. I mean, you're a great athlete. You work out all the time. And, and you're small. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So imagine not being able to eat because you can't breathe. Like, yeah. you know, just a couple days of that, and it won't take too much. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 I had one of my students just call me um, yesterday to see if he could get in a, at a private. <laughs> he just got over the coronavirus, and he's, uh, he's about six foot uh, two. Um, about 170 pounds, so he's very fit, very thin, and uh, he said it lasted just about um, eight days, but he wasn't ever really uh, deathly ill. He just was achy. He tested. Mm -hmm. oh. oh, lost lost our audio on you, Kevin. Yeah. Huh. For some reason. Can't hear you. <laughs> oh, bummer. He's not on you either, so it's. Don't worry about the dead air. Uh, hang on, everybody, just hang on. Kevin, could you just count to three, please? One, two, oh, eight. Back. All right. So what's happening is everybody keeps talking, so we keep, oh, we keep like, we're, we're covering over them. So if everybody could hang on a sec, Kevin, could you go back and say what you just said again? We didn't get that on air. Go ahead. Uh, from from the beginning. You you had a uh, you have a you have a student. Oh, I have a student who called me because um, he had just gotten over the coronavirus. He'd been sick for about eight days. His wife was sick for about 10 days. Um, she doesn't exercise regularly, and uh, so she was pretty sick. He exercises. He's in really good shape. He's about six foot two, one, 190, and uh, he said all he had were, like, aches and pains. But his doctor told him that he could just kind of like go back to regular life. Don't worry about getting sick again. I'm not sure how it all works or whatever like that. I'm not in uh, that type of smart at all. But uh, he, um, you know, it, it kind of makes me wonder if some people that have gotten sick, um, what are going to be the protocols for them returning back right. to doing well, one of the things that's going on that I've been reading about, because I'm really interested in this, my sister is an infectious disease control, uh, she's like the head nurse at uh, York Hospital, and uh, her job is infectious disease control, and the, the, the hinge for her, or at least the hinge in general, is uh, antibody testing. So testing, if you've had it, if you have the antibodies, theoretically now, you're you know, group B, right? Now, I think that's probably what you're describing, Kevin, is that the doctor's going. So the issue is, once you have the antibodies at this point, it's an interesting uh, concept where they're drawing plasma from people who have antibodies and putting it in people who have coronavirus and seeing if that will actually cure it or keep you from getting it. So you can see this is happening really fast, but I think it's really coming down to that. I mean, can you test to see if you're already clear, you know? Right. Speaking of the test, does anybody know what the test is? Because I heard it's like some super 
thing that they guess that go up your nose. Is that true? Yeah. It's not that bad. It's just a really long Q-tip that goes all the way up your nose. You're going to be fine, George. You, you can handle this. It it almost it's it's almost irrelevant though you know testing like all these numbers and I heard that we we passed Italy for the largest number of deaths for, you know on the uh, for COVID of any country globally which by the way is not surprising like our population is so much higher than theirs but man we're not testing enough like and also some really weird things are happening like you could go to work and get caught in a machine press and die from having your arm ripped off, and if they test mm-hmm. you and you had COVID, they're putting that in with the numbers, that you yeah. were tested positive for COVID and you died. Right. So that's messed uh, up. What do we argue about the numbers? Uh, the first part you said is dead on, which is testing. It's got to be testing. Science. It's got to be tested. Get, get some right. science. Stop thinking about people and blame and politics and test people. Get the numbers. Get the science. Move it to the yeah. next step. You know? Uh, there's a bunch I, of people. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, as you know, as as a population of people, pr- particularly in jujitsu, because that's who I come in into contact the most with. Uh, I think we're pretty unified, right? Like we all want to do the right thing. We're all in it for each other. We're all helped to, you know, kind of make sure that um, we can kind of like lift up the people that need it right now and kind of keep schools open and well keep schools running. And, you know, and keep spirits high for the people that depend on that time in order to keep their sanity. Um, I, 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 got, I don't want to make this political, but, like, I, I feel like politics are a huge blocker for us getting things done right now. Because I feel like we're not heard anymore. And, like, the, the concept of us being the most important demographic, which is the people... The jujitsu people. Well, okay. the jujitsu right, people. Right, right, right. Carlos, Carlos Gracie, Carlos Gracie should be down there getting all the jujitsu people tested so that we can go back and start training. <laughs> right. The IBJJF needs to do something. Just to bounce off of kind of what Jay just mentioned about, like you know, um, our our culture, our jujitsu community looking out for each other. I hate to say it, but man, like social media is kind of like almost like big brother and it's that little sniper spy that looks and you can see everything that's going on with everybody around and i'm still seeing some pretty reckless behavior from people in the jiu-jitsu community it's like what are you doing you know and it's like you you see unnecessary things and people doing this and that it's like wow you know you're just not you're not smart and i will judge you based on your decision right now and i know a part of me still based on my law enforcement side will come out and be like, you know what? I would have freaking cited you like right now or took you to jail because you're an idiot, you know, just just stuff like that. And I'm like, I'm still seeing it. And and again, it's just people like kind of maybe in that, Oh, it won't happen to me or, you know, just reckless and they don't care. And I hate to say it, but it's still out there. It's kind of all everybody or nobody, you know what I mean? Like, especially people in leadership positions, you know, you, you gotta, Sure, a couple of people training here, there probably isn't going to change much, but that's not the point. If, if the people that you look up to are, right. are not following the, the deal, then that's where the, the dam yeah. breaks and everybody does it. And, and you know, you got to have that good faith, right? Yeah. It's, it's hyper selfish. Uh, you know, we all want to train. You know what I mean? When this thing, you know, I said it on previous podcasts, when this thing first started and everybody first started to shut down, like, hey, it's cool. We got to shut down the school, but we'll get together here and there. We did that for like a week, 
And then it, and then we got a real great, a better understanding of what was happening. It was like, this is, um, it's wrong. And we got to stop it. And we got, and we got to make sure that we keep people safe because I don't want to be the guy that gets someone else sick that goes home and then gets the grandma sick who has respiratory problems mm-hmm. and dying. Like you want, like you might not even ever hear about the repercussions of the decisions you made. And you might think, Hey, like, you know, a year from now, when you say this thing is all over, uh, Hey, I trained through COVID and there was no problem. So what's the deal? But you don't know, you might have killed people because mm-hmm. you couldn't control your attitude and you were too selfish to get off the mat. Like yeah. everyone on this podcast is so thirsty to train. It's unbelievable. And I, and I know that cause I know all of you like, but we're doing the right thing and staying home and, and keeping the gi off and keeping the rash guards off and doing what we can at home to do the right thing for other people. Yeah. I mean, and that's, that's, it's amazing selfless behavior. Um, and it's just, you know, people need to understand the downstream repercussions of their, of their actions. Like they should in all of their life. You know what the other thing was too, that like when we talked about, we were like, I remember like Brad closed his gym and a couple other people I knew. And I was like, man, these guys are closing gyms. I was like, holy crap. Like, and so Jay and I were talking and then like, you know, a week went by and we started realizing that it was serious. And, but at first I was like, I don't know if we need to close. Like people don't, you know, but then we were like, dude, we have to close because if we don't close, everyone's going to train because people can't for some reason, not if the gym is open, people are going to train. I had the opposite thing. I was, I hung in there. I I saw everybody closing and I tried to keep open as long as possible. And I think there was like three days. No one came in for any of the classes. People were like spooked. And I have a student whose dad was in the hospital with it. And then I have another student who lost their grandmother to it. Wow. Wow. I know like they're being affected by it. And I see like other students posting, like they don't believe in the virus and it's all media hype. (laughs) And I'm like, Oh man, I could see this like civil war breaking out between. Yeah. So a bunch of uh, comments here. I go and I make sure that they're getting heard. So, uh, on the testing, a uh, lot of comments on that same thing, you know, being number one in, uh, you know, America being number one in testing as well. Uh, Corey says Gordon Ryan got a huge reaction when he posted that he was still training. I think that's what we were talking about before. Uh, but some of the other interesting uh, comments, uh, Greg Sinelli came back and said if every, everyone started a strength program, Dedicated the time they would normally be training jujitsu to get strong during this quarantine. They'd be insanely strong upon return to the mat. I'll actually grab that comment. You guys are all so serious. I'm vain. I have never worked out the pump. So I'm taking this opportunity <laughs> to use those two kettlebells like every day. I'm going to look good. I don't care how my jujitsu is. I'm going to take this time to make some good looking. Uh, results because I can't do that thing where you stand upside down and you know you do that. I'm getting too old. I can't put <laughs> on one hand and put my t-shirt on like all you cool guys. I tried it. I was gonna do it and I'm like, ah, they're just gonna embarrass <laughs> myself. So I'm just gonna go with looking good instead. Uh, other, uh, pretty much all the comments are, are just following along with you guys talk about Herschel Walker and how much the uh, the whole thing uh, sucks. But um, 
Yeah, man. Uh, people are, are, are watching you and, and talking about how they, some people had uh, symptoms back in November. And, uh, Matthew says he thinks that some of us had it and uh, never actually tested because it was minor symptoms. Um, I certainly couldn't agree, agree with that more. I'm pretty sure. I've, George and I both got really, really sick. What was it like? Mid-December, right? Was when well, you- I was sick. I was sick in uh, early February. Uh, I think it was, like, uh, was that late? Because I got sick right before you. I'm pretty sure that it went around. December. People got sick. <clears throat> right before we went to Puerto Rico, though. I lost 13 pounds in like a week. Yeah, but we got oh, sick. Okay, so I definitely got sick way before I even knew the word coronavirus. Right. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know. But I was super yeah. sick, and I was, you know, I don't know if I had it or not. But the yeah. bummer is I was, in, I was really like, I was looking good, man. I was in a lighter division. <laughs> I've, uh, I'm probably a division above the one I normally am in. Like, I mean, I, I've fallen off the rails with eating lately. That's been the downfall. I was at a Globetrotters camp. Maybe you guys, maybe some of you guys, I know Steve, you and I met uh, at the Globetrotters camp in Maine last year, I believe. But yeah, um, yeah so these Globetrotters camps, people from all over the world, and we were in uh, uh, Austria in January. And so this year, I was sicker than I've ever been in my life. Also lost. 14 pounds, and George, you know, I mean, you and I don't have it to lose. I lost 14 pounds in three days. Um, I rallied enough to fly home, and then I got even sicker with this crazy cough for like six weeks it took to go away. And uh, I'm not saying it was coronavirus, but that was that camp became known as the plague camp of 2020 because uh, everybody got sick. 75%, 80% of the people at that camp got got sick. I think I, I, I do believe I have the honor of having had it like the worst, but I literally thought I was going to, die and that's not that's not an exaggeration like I started coughing in my house and I had like spasmodic coughing where my where your throat closes and and if not for jujitsu I don't know if I could have like kept my cool and been like uh, and like it was like coffee straw until until the spasm release and then I was like uh, I got you know medicine right away and thankfully got through it but that was the sickest I've ever been in my life and that was in January but uh I I had it happen in December um, right in the early summer, I got really sick for almost the entire month and it was bad. I dropped, I was, I was funny. It was like, I was, I was starting to think about like uh, getting in shape, you know what I mean? For pans and stuff. And all of a sudden I'm like, I'm 198 pounds and my fever is like, a, you know, well over a hundred degrees for three days. And, um, I feel like kind of, Maybe like because people are saying as early as September it might have been around, and it kind of like all like I check all the boxes. It was respiratory and you know what I mean, like coughing up a lot of stuff, not breathing very well, high temperature. Like I, I really didn't feel good. You know, speaking of that weight cut, like Brian, maybe you should consider like dropping the light heavy. You and Brian <laughs> battle it out. You know what I mean? I'm just saying. You can do any, anything to keep him out of the uh, out of your division, huh? <laughs> Actually, uh, Bryant, uh, someone named Sean uh, mentioned that the dude in the top right, that's you, is uh, hot AF. So <laughs> you're, uh, you're, uh, probably one of my students. You're, like already, you're already you're you're building your new brand on uh, on the podcast. So congratulations, that's great. Thanks. I guess the rest of us are just uh, you know chopped liver. It's all good. Now, now you know where to take your Instagram from here, Bryant. Let's bring this- <laughs> Hey, times are tough. Times are tough. I got to pay rent somehow. (laughs) What's what's that UFC thing where like the the fighter, like you you can get like the behind the scenes thing on the side or something. You could be doing that. (laughs) 
Um, so I'd like, I'm trying to like look at positive things of this thing. And like, I feel like a lot of positive things have, I've gotten out of it. Like, I think one, I was taking jujitsu for granted. Right. And like, man, I am not taking it for granted now. Um, like I'm dying to go train. Well, I, you know, I have to say like, I'm, I'm pretty blessed, blessed and lucky. Like my nephew who lives with me, he's one of my black belts. So we get to train. <laughs> so, you know, I, I get to work out. But, you know, I guess aside from the frequency of my training sessions, which is like three times a day, plus lifting, plus, you know, doing wads and cardio and all this crazy stuff. Even when I wasn't getting ready for a tournament, I was already doing it. You know what I mean? So it's like I'm still trying to maintain that level, but it's not as, 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 as you know, uh, uh, structured as it once was. But I think for me also, it's just seeing my team, you know. And I think that's the other mental health side of it. That's, that's, I'm, I'm like really, really craving like, man, I miss seeing my 6am crew. I miss my friggin' noon goons that come in and my evening team. That's normally my white belts. Like, you know, there's, there's, there's members of the family that you, that we all can identify with. Like, Oh, I miss that guy or miss this gal or whatever it might be. And like that interaction, that camaraderie, it's to me, that's huge. And I, and I think that's one of the most important parts that it's, it's missing from all of us is just seeing each other. And, you know, we, 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 we all, you know, can jack each other up and choke each other and all that kind of good stuff. That's part of the suffering that we all enjoy. And, and then we all do it together. And again, that's part of that camaraderie. So. Could, ringworm, uh, could ringworm be eradicated from this? <laughs> <laughs> like everybody's ringworm could be gone and maybe it's a thing of the past now. <laughs> you know, I, honestly, isolation means we're not like, everyone should fundamentally come back to this thing without being sick. Right. Right. Yeah. Look Could at be. the, uh, look at the way, uh, the smog is, is leaving right. LA. Right. You know, right. like there's a lot of other positives here. You know, um, if a, like, like to, to piggyback off of what Brian was saying, like you think about that, you, that like, I, you know, I, in my brain, I'm like, I missed the slap in the bump. Right. And it's the relationship in the role, the conversation of the role. With mm -hmm. like those people, like I think of different students and different training partners that I have. It's a conversation when you roll, right? Like they all have different styles and sort mm -hmm. of different things in the role that happen and the, the pluses and the minuses and the, the things that you're trying to work on or the things that you're trying to help them with and the, 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 the manifestation of our personalities in the role when you roll together with that person. It really is a conversation. And even beyond the, like just the family camaraderie, which of course I miss so much. I miss that conversation with mm -hmm. all those different people. You know what I mean? To sweat with them on the mat and, and, and that camaraderie like, Hey, if there's any port city BJJers out there or any of my training partners, Boston mass, like I miss you guys, man. I miss training with you. Like you can't imagine, like it, it's a killer. It, that, that part's that, that part's the killer. But, like I said, like to George's point, the positive, like the thing we can look back, you know, mm. I will never take this for granted again. Like I'll, you know, I'm going to come back like a savage and just want to, just want to train all the time and, and, and really puts things in perspective, I guess, you know, these things yeah. we think are important. They're not important. You know what I mean? Like, Oh, you, you know, I, I know there's a lot of people that are out of work. I'm not, I'm not putting it. I, I'm not saying that like, you know what I mean? If you can't pay the bills, that's a really tough situation. Like right. anybody that's in that position, I really do. First responder, like I'm thinking about you guys every day. Bryant was one, is one, you know, was, yeah. um, was, 
And like, you know, there's, there's a lot of folks that are like that. And I'm thinking about you guys, Nate Ryan's wife, um, Sue, like I, I know you are putting in every hour you possibly can to help people. You're in the hospital all the time. You know, it, like, you know, there are positives coming out of this. I think the respect for those first responders coming out of this, I go back to 9-11, you know what I mean? How much respect we had for those folks. Yeah. It's human nature to forget, right? And we should continue to remember that these people are super, super important and they keep us standing and they hold us up when we're falling. And, uh, you know, the love for jujitsu will be there when we get back. And man, not, it won't be a great time to be a white belt, I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, there was some, there, that, go ahead, Emmetta. Uh, sure, to back you up on that, Jay, I think when we get back and the people who are on the mats, we are going to have an even stronger bond with those people. The, the people who go and won't come back, you know, maybe they were iffy to begin with, but the solid guys and girls who come back on the mat and who stuck with us this whole time, those are, that's going to make our bond even stronger. I agree. Uh, yeah, we are. Uh, I am darn well not going to forget the, the, you know, the, this time my students supported me through this time, you know, so, uh, well, keeping, their, keeping their community open together, able to come back. I mean, it's, it's just so huge. Mm -hmm. One so of the things, one of the things George and I were talking about was there are so few, um, there's so few activities that most sort of what you want to call normal people uh, do that, that really drag them truly away from social media. I mean, someone can wake up in the morning, flip on the cell phone, do the commute, work all day, have the, you know, a tab open, commute, get home, right? I mean, one of the cool things about something like jujitsu is that you, there is no time to keep track of your Facebook. You know, this, it's a very real moment uh, along with all the, the physical aspect and the communal aspect. But the other thing that we were talking about was uh, a guy named Ben Roy, who's a comedian who's uh, who had a, a TV show for quite a while, um, who trains. And he made the point that people need to be in the same room laughing with other people. And comedians are screwed right now because you can't do comedian over Zoom. I mean, I'm a musician. I can make a recording. People can watch it. But even how, how I mean, I talked to Jay about this. It's like, how cool is just this hanging out, right? Making a couple of jokes on Zoom. It's so detached, but nothing replaces that feeling of, like George. George is, I'm sorry, I'm going to compliment him now. He's a relatively funny guy. Sorry. Don't do it. When we're training. So he is, from his point of view, he's laughing like seven days a week, sometimes, you know, for hours at a time with people around. That's tough. You can't replace that, whether it's with jujitsu or not. Jujitsu hits a lot of buttons. I'm a guy who carries a lot of demons. I gotta, you know, I gotta keep them in line, you know, and and I can't stop my hands, right? It's like it's a serious thing, and uh, I can't wait to get back to this again, you know. Yeah, yeah. One thing I won't granted anymore is the fact that we've had such a big community here in the Northeast, and <clears throat> I'm always 
if I get a moment to like have a night off from jujitsu or in the past, get a moment to have a night off from jujitsu, I would take it instead of going over to a friend's school, um, like in Portsmouth, the Port City guys and visiting George and, uh, being able to train with them. I've, I've rolled with Amanda, thank God for once. <laughs> she kicked my butt a little bit. And, uh, really <clears throat> when this is all over, I do plan on, uh, not taking, for granted that part that there are so many other jujitsu people around here and good people like George and Amanda. And, uh, hopefully I meet the other guys around too. You don't want to meet any of these other guys. <laughs> hey, and, I, I've seen. <laughs> you know, the cool thing about that, Kevin, is that like, um, so I think in, uh, I don't know how to put this in a previous life, I guess. You know what I mean? Those, those things wouldn't happen. And and the way our organizations run right now, um, you know, there, there's a lot of cross-training going on. I know Gary's come to come train with you guys a bunch, and Hanley's been over our place a bunch. And I, um, I, and I, you know, you know that I keep saying, I'm like, I'm going to come by and I'm going to, and I'm going to train and other oh, things, you know what I mean? Like life got in the way and like the, those, those strange priorities in your life. But when this thing is done, like, there's no question that I'm going to be spending time at your place. I want to kind of like check you guys out and train with you guys and learn from you guys. Um, and I, you know, implore, like I, I've told everybody, like I am taking a pilgrimage. So if you're not local, you know, basically I'm coming to see you, Brian. I told, I, I, I told uh, Brian, I'm like, I'm coming, you know, I, I told Croiler, I'm going to his place. You know what I mean? And I'm going to all this vacation time. Like I was going to be in, California for a week. I was going to be in Mexico for a week. I'm sorry, like Steve. I know you're going to be down in, in Puerto this time. Like I'm, like I'm bummed out because oh, I were to BJJ in Paradise this time. I was there in October. I I, don't, I wasn't going to be in April. Oh, okay. Well, now that it's going to be in August, now you can. Hopefully. <laughs> um, like you know, Brian, I'd love to come come out and spend some time at Saber. Like I got two. Like I have five weeks of vacation time right now. Yeah. You know, looking back and that's one thing I, I, I can definitely say is like, I don't, I won't, I never took things for granted. I, you know, just never been that kind of person. And especially when it comes to like, I look at like this, this podcast, you know, I met some of you guys based on my travels, based on me bouncing around the world. And I've been around the world and back and trained in so many different places. And my network is just huge. And I'm like, I'm glad I did that because now I can look at this now and, and be like, you know, when this shit is all over, I'm coming right back out to where I was and, and visiting all my friends again because, you know, that's what got me through too, you know. And I, I think it might be an eye-opener for some people to be like, you know, I want to go do those things I always wanted to do or maybe I should try and, and reach out or, or, you know, just get a little bit more out of life. And, and I'm, I'm, I just see like jujitsu is, is, our, is our vehicle to do so. So why not, you know. That's, a, that's an awesome point, and Brian, you're a great example of this. Like, I know that between your heritage and, um, like, being a show your old crew member, like, that's brought you all over the world, and jiu-jitsu in general has brought you all over the world. I know that, like, you support the island pretty heavy. Yeah. And like, what, so what is that? what has that been like for you to, to do that previously and be able to kind of go to places like Guam and – and all over the world to train and meet your friends and kind of travel on, on, on behalf of the concept of jujitsu. <laughs> and now yeah, like, yeah. you're like, you know, stuck in your office. Well, you know, it's funny because, you know, I, I get messages daily from my friends all over the world and like, Hey, what's going on? And you know, we're, we're, we're basically checking in on each other and stuff. But like, again, looking back to all the things I've done, you know, 
the countries, the places, the tournaments, the seminars, and all this stuff. I'm like, gosh, man, like, I, I never try to uh, um, look at myself as anybody greater than anybody. You know, um, we're all, we all put our pants on the same. We all tire about the same, no matter the color, it doesn't matter. But, you know, if, if I can use what I've done through jujitsu, be it where I'm from, the titles I've won, or whatever, in an effort to help or, or support or, or, you know, inspire the next generation, why not? And, you know, I, I think especially now, you know, I'm not trying to cure cancer and I can't, but can I put out a good message to everybody and, and anyone I've ever come in contact with? Maybe, maybe I can try, you know, it's, it's a lot better than pretending like nothing's going on. You know, I think we all, in this podcast, we all have a voice that can reach out to somebody, and why not do that? At least, you know, uh, once a week or once a day or something, just to, you know, maybe that person, just like a move we taught somebody, you know, like in a seminar or in a class, like, oh, I remember when Professor Jay sh showed me this, or when C. Boston showed me that, like, you know, if we said one thing, one good thing a, a day during this whole pandemic, maybe it's going to filter through to somebody and resonate and be like, Hey, you know what? I remember when I was going through a hardship and so-and-so they told me that they got me through. So I just kind of see it like maybe like that. Man, I'll tell you what, like uh, one of the positive things that's happened is like, we never did remote podcasts, but now we've been kind of forced to do them and I got all this time on my hands or our hands. And so we've been doing a ton. We have, we brought like all these amazing people together, like friends that that we've met from all over, and it's been great. And then like we've met people recently, like this guy Seth Hamilton the other night, who is just like this guy in East St. Louis that a friend of ours, Monte, was like, George, you should have this guy on the podcast. I was like, all right. And I looked him up, and I was like, holy crap, this guy is out doing amazing. Um, things through jujitsu and combat sports he's going to africa and and it, you got to listen to the podcast yeah. up, but podcast is up on youtube right now seth hamilton yeah he went to nicaragua he's got his work right in east st louis with uh with kids uh super inspiring super you know? and changing like but i would have never probably never met you know been introduced to that guy um except for the fact that we're stuck at home doing podcasts and uh, and he's inspired the hell out of me, you know. So the one of the things that he that he talked about this guy uh, is traveling all over the world. He might be the most selfless person I've ever met. Like maybe him and Gandhi. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Every time I compliment this guy on something amazing that he's doing, he would say it's not about me. It's about these people. And he's the he, um, it's a uh, go dash uh, int org it's go international is the name of it and basically what he does is he there's three concepts he has and one is athletics one is entrepreneurship and one is education so he goes to these communities that are um that are challenged you know what i mean based on like they don't have all the advantages that some of us might have grown up with or maybe not but you know, the, the concept of having kind of stepping you know like stairs to kind of climb our lives into a position where we can support ourselves in our community. He goes to places where they don't have that. And he instills in them that con those, those three concepts. And basically the athletics pieces, jujitsu, entrepreneurship, like, Hey, let's get a business going where these people, these like teenagers can kind of run a business where they're maybe doing something locally. You know what I mean? With what they have locally or not. And then educating those people so that 
they can bring not only themselves out of their situation and bring their community along with them. And the, and the thing that's awesome about this, like the thing that was, that really stuck with me is that it's not, a, you know, there's so many organizations that do this and they come and they feed a bunch of people and they, you know, do a bunch of stuff and they leave and then everything falls into disarray. His concept is to go to these places and make these people self-sufficient with those concepts to continue on like, like the, again, the athletics, the, the, the entrepreneurship and the education to lift their community up and be, you know, pillars of the community to kind of drive these things up. This guy is amazing. Like you, you got to check out that podcast. It's, it's amazing. It was inspiring for me. Um, and, and again, it's just another like positive thing in, during a dark time. I wish, uh, I do wish the jujitsu community was full of more guys like that, man. Like I was thinking about it before when we were talking about social media. Um, and I don't want to change the subject too much, but like, I know, you know, I know a guy who runs a school and he teaches, uh, all different martial arts and he came to jujitsu last. So he's got like sort of a traditional martial arts background. Um, and he doesn't let his students train anywhere else. And that's really anomalous in Connecticut. Usually all of us are, are. and I said, and I, I had lunch with him and I was like, Hey man, because, uh, you know, we're friendly. And I said, what is the big reason that you don't let them train elsewhere? Everybody assumes it's like a business decision. And I think in part it is, but, but his first reply was, Hey man, I don't think that the Brazilian jiu-jitsu community is, um, is a good community. And I was like, whoa, which was crazy to me because jiu-jitsu is my whole life. I only meet great people, yada, yada. But ever that thought has like haunted me. And like, when I think about it, like the kids in my class, like I wouldn't tell them to go look up maybe jiu-jitsu on Instagram because they're going to come across guys who are saying like homeless guys should be like shot or whatever. Like, I don't know, whatever crazy thing that like King Ryan wasn't far off that said on Instagram that they like, um, and it's not, and it's not just him. You know what I mean? Like, people making a name for themselves, WWE style. Like, it's like trashing what was like. You know, N not that the Gracies didn't have like sort of like, uh, not that it wasn't rough and tumble back in the day, and it wasn't maybe, you know. Uh, but man, I wish it, I, 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 to his point, which I, to which I, which I don't agree with because like I only meet awesome, awesome people uh, because I only know awesome people and I meet their friends and the community's been so great in my life and changed so many people's lives that I know, but. Uh, I, he's someone who like came to this last and, and in his mind, he's like, it's not, it's not a martial art. Like, it's not like you want to show your kids what they're saying in the jiu-jitsu world. And I was like, I can't say you're wrong, you know? And that, that bugs me a lot. Well, I mean, the solution to this, I, I would imagine, is to set an example in the opposite direction, which is exactly what you're doing, right? What I mean, everybody on this, uh, on this, you know, panel here or on this in this meeting group is doing is setting that positive example and changing that. I mean, because you can't control what other people do, you yeah. certainly control what you do. Yeah. No, I don't disagree. I absolutely am a be the change guy, like, uh, like for sure, I do everything I can for. Speaking of uh, cross-training, uh, obviously there's a lot of stuff going on in the comments here. Uh, apparently, uh, Kevin, a bunch of uh, your guys and our guys have all decided, Aaron and George and Eric and Corey, and a bunch of people have decided that it is time for an uh, open mat. So yeah. we're, all, I guess we're all having an open mat together. They've made the decision for you. So, And uh, you too, Jay. So congratulations. Uh, and uh, a couple of really interesting comments here. Uh, uh, Aaron says, next time I'm, I'm in PA, I'm going to make it over to train with Steve Austin again. Um, 
you know, this, uh, people are being inspired by what you said, Rich, uh, Rich Saab, another uh, veteran of the podcast, mm-hmm. alumni of the podcast, said uh, one positive for me is the time off is letting my body heal up. There's a couple of questions here. One of them is when the uh, when the schools reopen, how are you all going to be uh, bring the students back like onto the mat with instruction after a break? Are you going to start with the basics again, or are you just going to like Last on, how do uh, things like everybody coming back knowing the entire Danaher Death Squad system really badly? How does that all fit out? That was me. I threw that part in there. <laughs> what do you guys think? How, how do you approach uh, starting over again sort of as educators? That's a, that's a philosophical question, I, th- I, I think. I mean, we'll go around the horn. Uh, you know, Steve, you want to we'll go around the horn? I was just saying, I had a couple students request like a week long of open mats just to kind of get it out of their system and rolling. One uh, suggested like a 24-hour mat. I was like, you're going to have some kind of whole new virus. <laughs> I don't think, okay, I don't I think all of us are agreeing that we should have a 24-hour mat. Sounds so good. If the science works. Yeah, no, nah, it's not going to happen. I don't know the science is going to work, but. After a thousand push-ups. <laughs> I don't yes. know. I, it's, just, it's tough because, you, like you said, we were saying, people are going to be gun shy, people are going to be nervous, but then you're going to have this other side of the group that are just like, I'm going to go balls to the wall that first two minutes, and it is what it is. Um, it, it's, it's off call, you know, on how to take this and what's even going to be allowed. You know, they're talking, trying to make it like keep no handshakes even after the coronavirus is gone. And it's. What's that do for anybody that's a hands-on kind of industry, whether it's jujitsu, um, massage therapists, uh, physical trainers? How is this all going to play out? Are we going to have to wear some kind of form of mask? Um, it, it, it's really strange times to be in this kind of industry right now. We should. Hey, what do you think? Mexican wrestling masks. <laughs> Luchador mask with the you know. I still got mine. Yeah, from the that's that. There's a business plan there, right? Yeah, nice. Put the put the put the filter right in there. Make it part of the E somehow, you know? Yeah, so what Origins doing, right? Yeah, amazing. Well, for the women's classes, what I plan on doing is yes, I plan on doing you know just a quick run through of the basics for the first few weeks side control, mount, you know, and then when we get to rolling, we used to do 30 minutes of rolling at the end of every class. Well, what I'd like to do is build up to the 30 minutes. So we're not, I don't want the girls training right off the bat for a whole half an hour. I'd like to maybe do like 10 minute rolls the first day, um, two two five minute rolls the first day. So we have classes three days a week. Then on Wednesday, we'll go up to 15. You know, slowly build the girls up. We don't have to go crazy. Um, and I don't want anyone getting hurt because, you know, my classes, uh, the largest class I think I've had um, in the last year and a half since I started the classes, I think we've had 10 to 12 girls. Um, so we don't have high numbers. So if we don't, if we have uh, one of the girls hurt, you know, that's going to make our numbers suffer worse. So. So let me tell you what Jay, Jay Mansfield is going to say. What He's going to say what he's going to do. And then what's going to happen is he's going to text me on Thursday and be like, hey, what do you want to do tonight? And I'll be like, I don't know, Jay. Just He'll be like, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. And then I'll see a post on Facebook. It'll say, bring water. And that means 90 minutes of rolls. <laughs> uh, you know, Amanda, that's that, that, that's. That's amazing, um, and I think you know you're obviously you're doing really important things for women's jiu-jitsu. 
they are look don't worry about the class sizes like you know what i mean it's never gonna be i mean i hope that it does you know we get a lot more women involved in jujitsu but for obvious reasons it's it's very hands-on general classes involve men and women together training it's like it's hard because you know what i mean if i train with you you're literally half my weight you know what i mean so it's easy for you to get hurt you know what I mean? It's easy for, for, for most women, they're smaller, you know what I mean? And their entry, their barrier to entry for jujitsu is that the concept for them is that they say, uh, yeah, I don't want to wrestle around with a bunch of guys that, you know what I mean? It, it's, it's an scenario for a lot of people, but what you're doing is, and so many women have trained in your classes and they come to the general levels classes now they, 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 they're, they're mixed in with those folks. So I think what you're doing is so, so important to show women how important jujitsu is mm -hmm. and show them slowly how they, if they're not ready to jump into the all levels classes, you know what I mean? How to integrate themselves into jujitsu and fall in love with jujitsu and say, Hey, this is okay. I'm ready to do this. I trust my training partners. So I absolutely, it totally bridges the gap, but I think a lot of the reason why women um, don't, train in the regular classes is because it's a complete foreign language. So a lot of the girls who come in they don't necessarily, they, they don't, they probably haven't played many sports. So when the coach for football, he has his sheet of papers, it says like, go do this move and that move, all the moves have like a name or like a code. And then you follow the steps. Same with basketball. Like, so the guys have always been like drilled into their heads. Like, so you do this move, then that move. And then each thing, each little thing has its own name. So the girls don't have that. Like softball, the sports girls have, they don't have that. So it's, they have to learn a foreign language first. Then once they get, to figuring out the names of the positions, it gets easier for them. So it's like, it's a foreign language from the beginning. And I think that's the hurdle that I actually um, bridge the gap on even more than they don't want to roll with sweaty guys. Cause it's not that it's just completely something they've never done before. They've probably never even done sports before. I don't bring them along slowly, right? Hey, what about you? What are you going to do when you get back? Me, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I've got. I usually split my mats, uh, drill side, kill side. So mm -hmm. I'll probably do a little bit more of that. If you want to drill and practice some of the basics, which we always do, and a lot of the fundamentals, uh, whether it be guard passing, sweeps, submissions, escapes, and then if you want to kill each other, kill each other on the other side and set the timer. And let people go easy, you know, try to control it as much as I can, obviously, um, not let anybody get injured uh, or come back too hard. Um, but just go about it kind of slow, I guess. You know, it's a, it, the, the basics thing seems to be a, a theme throughout, you know, all of us as we're talking. If you're, you know, um, I really any level of jujitsu and you're listening to this and like, I know every instructor you've ever had has said, focus on the basics, focus on the basics, focus on the basics. But this is an opportune time to go back and really, really structurally attack those items. I, I will tell you that um, there were two chokes that basically never worked for me when I was coming up. One is the Bravo. One is the extra. You know what I mean? I always said, like, oh, we're all, you know, get this in here, right? Like, we should be able to choke, right? But 
fundamentally, as we drill it, it works, right? And we're able to choke people, but it's a very difficult choke to apply correctly and to catch on a skilled opponent, right? And as a brown belt and a black belt, I've started to really focus my time on that X choke, and now it works a lot, and it sets up a lot of amazing things, and it's led me to lead to look back at what other people are doing. Let's take the meows as example. Everyone thinks about the meows as these Baron Bolo experts and it's like really tricky jujitsu one-dimensional guys, but think of what they're doing. These guys are practicing techniques that lead them to the back. Why? Because once they get to the back, no one ever escapes and they get the choke every single time. And they're not choking with flamboyant, weird stuff. They are catching traditional chokes from the back. And that is, that is basics of jujitsu. Get on the back and you are done. Like you, like I'm never taking a step backwards. Once I get on your back, you are done. And that's, a, that's something that the, the shiny new toy of jujitsu tends to like, like younger people, blue belts and purple belts, especially they want to chase those really, really fancy moves. And they don't understand what these techniques are really designed to do, which is to drive the, to set up those basics to finish. They're all literally venues to drive towards the basics. You know what I mean? And I it, like the, the Bravo choke is the same. Like you may consider the Bravo choke maybe a basic or not a basic. I, I feel like it's a fairly basic choke. And, you know, I spent some time with, with, with Brian on this, Brian Marvin, and he's probably he's better than anybody I've ever seen at this choke in particular. He's ridiculous with that choke. He is ridiculous with that choke. <laughs> And he's changed the game for me. And now my X, my my X choke here leads to an arm comes into defend. I pull the elbow across, and I'm getting that choke all the time, all the time. And if I don't get the choke, it sets me up for something really nice to do. That's a basic, you know what I mean? And I think that that focus on the basics. This is an opportunity for us all to kind of like really instill those basics with our students to make sure the shiny new toy doesn't interrupt their jujitsu progression. Just my two cents. I agree. I think when, when I reintroduce, you know, when the whole world gets reintroduced back into doing the normal thing, like we've always had a good core of classes that are probably the more intermediate to advanced people, the comp people and whatnot. <laughs> and, uh, you know, those are normally my purples to blacks that'll come in and train. But we have a huge chunk of basics classes that I'm sure when things get come back, those are going to be, just like you said, Jay, the most popular ones. And I feel like when things come back and, and, and we'll see how we can gauge the numbers in a class, that can probably dictate of how well training is going to start. At least, you know, in an infant stage, it's going to be crawling, a lot of crawling for a little while. But who knows? And that, you know, it makes me think of like, Jesus, I wonder when competitions are going to open back up or how that's going to work. You know, like it's a whole other, the, the, the snowball just grows bigger as we get back to life. So. There are a ton of people uh, watching, uh, certainly more than, than we've had in the past. So congratulations, George. You're doing a great job getting people to, uh, yeah. hey, by the way, he's, he's, not, he's all, not that funny to the earlier point. He's not that funny. You know, uh, any comedian that has an Australian accent, that makes them more funny, right? George, <laughs> what he says is funny. 
Well, if you guys are on and you're on YouTube, feel free to like our page. That would be pretty sweet. Right. All right. Well, I promise promise to do all the commercial stuff at the end there. (laughs) (laughs) But there there are people checking in uh, from all over the country. How about uh, the king of all white belts, Kyle Gosselin, says, uh, so Jay isn't going to pull the usual light warm-up of 45 minutes of king of the guard. Uh, in it, meaning he knows exactly what you are going to do, which is exactly that is what I'm going to do. It's exactly what you're going to do. And our old friend Rachel Beach is uh, showing up in the comments here. Uh, Rachel says a lot here, but cutting it all down, it looks like. Uh, how about she uh, hates? I'm not. <laughs> she just hates Brian. That's really what it is. She hates Brian. <laughs> wow. No, that's not what she said. She said she hates she hates his jokes, but uh, yeah, she just says hi to you guys because uh, we haven't. We oh, haven't Brian Marvin's jokes. Yeah, she Nobody said that. It. She said uh, that uh, over 12 years of training, uh, love training with uh, men, I'll pur- purposely train with larger individuals. So, uh, it, you know, you can't just stereotype the girls there. Uh, Aaron says, Jay, the details you gave me on the extra changed the game for me. George is going on. Uh, George Hanley's going on about the open mat. They're working this all out. We've got, like, everything's all set up, Kevin. So you're all set. We'll uh, make it happen. Gary, uh, uh, Gary, uh, he just says, I challenge your mohawk, whatever that means. I think he's going to get his own. We all know that Gary can only grow hair that's about this long anyway. So I don't think it's a possible win no matter what there. So there you go. Here's what um, everybody needs to just come with us. Because three of us go to Puerto Escondido every year in Mexico. You guys all need to just jump into BJJ in Paradise and come train with us in Mexico. You could also come to Portsmouth, too, or Dover. Mexico. That would be a fun Mexico is cool, but Mexico is cooler. It's, it's, that is a jiu-jitsu pilgrimage, right? Like, so, you know, we're talking about what we do when we all get back. Like, this trip got moved to August. And for all, everyone on this podcast, especially because you guys are super high level, uh, like, and a, a bunch of us are already in, involved with this group. Um, contact Brad Wolfson, you know what I mean? Like, you, we go there, it's, you know, Marcio Stambowski, it's Croyler Gracie, it's like the legend Jay Mansfield teaching a class. It's so, <laughs> so amazing. Well, it's, but it's, it's less about that as much as it is to being with the community in a, in a, in a great place. Like, Doing other things with your like your jujitsu like your jujitsu friends like let's go surfing let's like have a margarita at the top of a mountain let's go zip lining let's train let's go like tackle the waves you know what I mean let's go do all this stuff let's go find the acai spots and uh, and put those cricket tacos you know what I mean that stuff like is is what everyone like that is the dream right now for everybody that can't train. Is like, and let's go train a bunch of jujitsu and just hang out with folks like that. It's going to happen in August. Like, it was supposed to happen in April. We're not able to do it. Like, go look up, man. Let's go do this. Let's go have fun. Let's go to Mexico. Let's train hard, drink margaritas, do some surfing, hang out on the beach, zip line, eat acai. Let's do that. Sounds pretty good. <laughs> I think there's an October one, too. <laughs> well, that, there that's, is. 
Like yeah. the best part about the camps, like, you know, you meet a lot of great people. It doesn't matter where the location's at. You know, sometimes you get to travel and it's like a safe group to, of like people to travel with and you just have a great time. Like the Connecticut camp, like I love that camp or the New Hampshire. That's where it was. It's your, which one was uh, it? Maine was, is that the one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah, yeah. One, yeah. It, it's like the campground that it's at, it's like set up like a kid campground. Like I never went the summer camp with kids. So it's like. You know, you're bunking with a group of people. Everybody's got their own little area. Um, it was like adult summer camp. It was great, man. Yeah. You know, meeting Another, people, training, having a lot of fun. Steve, you know. do like some camps on your own, right? Yeah, like, I do stuff for, like, for my school, yeah. But I mean, like anybody can come. But it's just like, it's something, like you said, it's a, it's a chance for people to travel that normally are afraid to. And it's just, you get to hang out and do normal, like all kinds of cool shit with people that are your family, you know? Yeah. You know what that, that makes me think of Black Belts for Butterflies? Uh, Rich Egan runs this amazing organization for, um, you know, uh, kids that, are, that, that have some disabilities, but it's also born out of a much greater, um, a much greater concept, you know, uh, and what is that called? And you're heavily involved in it. Um, and that, that would, that experience was maybe one of the most inspirational experiences of my jujitsu careers is meeting mm-hmm. with all these people that again, like the same thing that I was just talking about getting together for something like using jujitsu as a venue to yeah. really target something else. Steve, it's called uh, black belts for butterflies. And you said that they deal with like kids with disabilities and things like that. Kids, yeah, kids. it's primarily focused on kids on the uh, on the spectrum with autism. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've been doing. I've been with Rich now for five years, and it's definitely like Jay said, one of the most uh, rewarding things that I've ever done. And I do it every year. I've even hosted it at my school, and the turnouts that you get and the amount of support that you get to use this vehicle of jujitsu for something greater—it's pretty amazing. That one I feel like is life changing. Like every time I go to that, I'm like crying. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's like Pat, like you know. Yeah, but but George, you you cried at Frozen, too. <laughs> no, you so. want to do, man? It's a powerful movie. I, I, hey, I, I I'll cry at like Land Before Time Seven, the trailer or whatever. So I can't really. Uh, right, so let me let me just a good segue into let me tell you guys what we've been doing in our quarantine. I've showed Andrea Kickboxer. We've watched Bloodsport. <laughs> How old is she? Eight. Eight. That's totally fine. Just got to keep voting. It's all good. When the when a bad word comes around, we we go beep. <laughs> <laughs> so we bleep it out. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. She's so. She's seen some Jackie Chan. Um, okay, that's cool. Right. Yeah, dude. All the big ones. I guess we got to go there, George. Introduce right. the question. Let's go around the horn. So listen, I'm gonna. So we've been talking about this. We talked this about a lot, and I get them all messed up. But like, Hero is probably my favorite martial arts movie. I think, man. I I, I mean, that's in Big Trouble in Little China, and yeah, Avatar, yeah. and uh, and all. But like, my favorite one. So what, uh, Greg Wood? What's the best martial arts movie of all time? Um. Or your favorite? 
You, you made Greg go first, so everyone else is now have a chance to think, right? I, know, I was like, like, man, I can't wait to not go I'm just, I'm just wasting some time so he has a chance to think of something. That's well, I'll tell you, poor guy. Daniel, I don't know if any of you guys know Daniel Bertina, but Daniel Bertina told me, he's like, oh, American Shaolin, you got to see this movie. And so we looked it up on YouTube, man. It was horrible. <laughs> I mean, who, said, I, uh, who said Bull Durham? Durham? Somebody said, like, what's your favorite martial arts movie of all time? And someone was like, well, Bull Durham was a good one. I'm like, stop smoking crack. I think that was John Anik. I think he couldn't hear the question. It was John Anik, yeah. yeah. That's what I'm saying, John. John, if you're watching, I'm not suggesting that you smoke crack. <laughs> I think that's exactly what you're suggesting, that he smokes crack, Jay. That's what you said. So. You know what movie I really like? I like Mortal Kombat. I don't know why. Uh, I always have liked that. Uh, yeah, yeah. No. To defend you, Christopher Lambert as, as Raiden was awesome. Dang. You are really digging to find a positive there, Jay. <laughs> hey, all I'm going to tell you, Riddler, is I am going to kick your fucking ass. <laughs> man, it was going to happen anyway, man. So, hey, I'm just enjoying life while I can, okay? <laughs> hey, I think all of you guys are missing probably the most inspirational martial arts movie from the 80s. The Karate Kid, Mr. Miyagi taught us everything, you guys. Yeah. Oh, last Dragon. <laughs> the Last Dragon. Oh, last, I'll, I'll come up no, with The no. Last Dragon. I'll play with The yeah. Last Dragon. Absolutely. Uh, Daryl uh, from from the internet says, Foot Fist Way. I'm not sure if... Oh, uh, man. Fist Foot Way. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, uh, yeah, maybe not the best one ever, but... It's know. a good movie. Yeah, I think... Uh, Drunken Master 2 was like a real big one for me. That was a good and funny and amazing uh, movie. That's a Jackie Chan. That's, is that Jackie Chan also? Oh, yeah, fantastic. Chan. Right, right? Yeah. OG. I think that was Jeff Shaw had brought that one up last mm. in, in uh, uh, Yeah. There was another one that somebody said that I looked up and it was like, I was like, man, I don't know. This is horrible. See, my wrestling side, my wrestling side has to side with Vision Quest. I, gotta say Vision Quest. Oh, I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> yeah, we had to decide. Does that qualify? Because if it does, Jay, obviously that's up there for you too, right? Obviously, Matthew Modine is probably oh. the best, his best performance ever. Vision Quest is amazing. <laughs> I mean, every, everybody I know is going to cut some weight, you know, and wrestle shoot, right? So, you know. right. Steve Austin, man, what's your, what's your vote? Uh, as a kid, it was like Kickboxer and things like that. But I'm I'm a big fan of the John Wick series, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, who can it, argue with that? He broke the mold now. You uh, know what's funny? My wife can't watch. Uh, if you go back to John Wick one, we have to start like 35 minutes in after the. Hey. Movie. Hey, spoiler alert! Yeah. That's not a spoiler. That's a that's that's the only way you can watch the movie. <laughs> it's a yeah, fact. You, you can't. That's like <laughs> right. watching the movie up. You can't watch the movie up. You have to like watch the end of the movie up because you can't watch it. It's you just, and every dog owner in history can relate to that. Yeah, just mm -hmm. start thirty. Oh, yeah. Skip the beginning. Uh, the internet's uh, Corey. Obviously, we knew Corey was going to come in with Enter the Dragon. I mean, come on. That's that one. That's sort of like uh, that one's pushed to the Hall of Fame. Quick, uh, quick comment on Enter the Dragon before you move on. Check out the first scene with Bruce Lee and his uh, his training. Getting he does uh, a kip up. Uh, he actually avoids a leg kick, throwing himself backwards onto the back of his neck and kips back up. It's one of the most amazing physical moves I've ever seen in my life. 
Down and back, right? Uh, Isn't Dana White trying to start Hans Island all over again? Yeah, it sounds like it. It sounds like he's successful. He's not trying. Uh, Rich uh, Saab says anything but red belt is his choice. Oh. <laughs> I never saw that. So Terrible. Yeah. awful. There's I mean, another important one. Excited for the Nicolas Cage jujitsu movie, right? <laughs> so Kevin, you've been quiet, man. What's your favorite <laughs> martial arts movie? He said The Last Dragon. Yeah. Oh, you said The Last Dragon. Dragon. That's right. Yeah, nice. Any Jackie Chan movie. Um, my daughter just pointed out we have the Drunken Master 1 and 2 over there. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> What's her name? Hey, have her, poker, have her poker face back in and say hi. Introduce her. Uncle Jay. This is Kai Watson. This is my little, uh, my little ninja. Hey. Okay. Uh, the world, the world. Kaya. So hey there's, guys, a good, uh, there's a good movie with Jackie Chan. It's kind of recent, and it's got Jet Li in it. It's like the Forbidden Kingdom. Yep, that one's awesome. That was pretty good. Hey, uh, is, does Roadhouse count as a martial arts movie? Absolutely. <laughs> okay, because that's a big one. Oh, man. That's Classic. Kyle, Who's the guy uh, that plays, uh, was it not Virgil? Um, Sam. Dalton, right? Or is it not Dalton. Dalton's friend. Right. Sam. Oh, Sam Houston. Name? Sam Houston, yeah, his, dude, his character in that movie is amazing. amazing. Yep. Joe Lozon's favorite was the Three Ninjas, and I was like, "Is that the one with Starley?" <laughs> oh, oh no, that was like, everybody. Come on, <laughs> man. I, I've seen Three Ninjas a ton, but Joe's probably the last person I'm gonna be like, "Man, your movie taste sucks." <laughs> <laughs> then there's Best of the Best. There you go. Oh, what yeah. a great one! What a that great one. Ninja. There you go. I don't know. By the way, if you if you guys ever watch Kickboxer Four, not the best movie of all time, uh, but you get to I think it was uh, I think it was Higgin Machado that was in that. Mm-hmm. Um, he has a cameo as one of the uh, the fighters in that movie. It was pretty impressive. Some flying arm bars, some really cool stuff. We got to get more. We got to get more people to see Raid, uh, the Raid Redemption. Man, that was just a monster. It's such a small film. Most people haven't seen it. Talk about like choreographed violence. That's like easily my favorite. Brad Wilson brought up a Brazilian brawl. I still haven't found that one yet. I haven't seen it. That, that is awful. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember before Blockbuster closed, I was able to actually find it in there. And what was that, like 1995? Yeah, this was before I like really was like involved with jiu-jitsu. And it was weird to see it. And then I remember like, oh, all right, what's this? You know, a few years later, I was like, oh, shit, I remember seeing this movie. And glad, glad I didn't go based upon the movie. <laughs> you guys what see about, the um, Speaking of uh, choreographed violence, did you see The Kingsman? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was good. That church scene is the most, was at the time, was the most, like, my jaw hit the floor for like 10, 15 minutes. It was amazing. Manners make the man. Amazing. Kill Bill. Kill Bill's a martial arts movie, right? I mean, no question. Yeah. Uh, What about a documentary, like, like, uh, one that's close to all, do documentaries count? Joke. Joke. Joke is good. Even though it's it's I, I mean I feel like it's your classic Gracie film that's like completely one sided in the way that they put it together, but it is pretty impressive. Like uh, Steve, the point we were talking about earlier, like jujitsu deployed in a full martial context. <coughs> that movie was awesome. And obviously, like Hickson's a, a god amongst you know he is. If there was a godfather of jujitsu, it's him. 
Um, that that was pretty killer. What's that uh, Robert Drysdale documentary that he's making right now? I'm I'm psyched to see that for sure. Like it's like it's I've been following the other side for that. It looks kind of cool. People on the internet are chiming in. Kyle's got Ong Bak. Uh, yeah, another good one. Corey makes the point that Hicks and Gracie was in the opening of the Hulk with Edward Norton. Oh, yeah, yeah Doom is uh, is breathing. It's the Hulk. Uh, Gary pointed out that those fights were canceled, so they have failed. So there's no island anymore. Uh, there you go. We're caught up. I think. I mean, the the most recent information I have, Gary, is that. Uh, he's setting up the infrastructure. Yes, the that original card. Uh, the I think it was the Tony Ferguson and Khabib fight is not going to happen. Um, but um, mostly because Khabib is is trapped in Russia. I think that um, they're setting up to have a card uh, on this island. The, the infrastructure is there. Uh, he's got a a tentative card ready to go. Unless there's something new that's come out over the last. 12 hours, like, he, they're aiming to get something done. Yeah, I know someone, one of my students works at ESPN, because we're, like, five minutes down the road, and uh, they're prepping for a card. There's going to be a card. Yeah, I think Gar it's going to happen. Gary says, openly, you are mistaken, and that's the end of that, so. There you go. <laughs> we'll see. I mean, because they did, they announced, they announced that it was, that it was, that, that uh, ESPN of Disney said no, right? So, it's going to change. For the two well, see, usually Gary is wrong. <laughs> um, I mean, they're still going to build. They're still going to build Fight Island. So ESPN made Dana stop all the cards, according to Gary. That, that's when it was announced, right? I mean, that ESPN and and Disney said that's the end of that. So maybe hey, something listen, Fat right Gordon now. Ryan. <laughs> uh, he's talking to Gary, everyone. So. <laughs> Look him uh, up. Look, 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 look him up. He looks like Fat Gordon. Uh, uh, Ryan, uh, different Ryan, says Jim Kata is hands down the greatest martial arts movie and is getting love, is getting likes in the shape of hearts. Uh, people love the Jim Kata. Are you guys even old enough to know that movie? Oh, yes. yeah. Okay. That was terrible. Oh, it was awful, yeah. though. I mean, that's my era. That's Gleaming the Cube era. Baby. Oh, I love that movie too. <laughs> ah, there you go, Brian. I love Gleaming the Cube. What about Rad, Brian? Yeah, oh man, <laughs> Rad rules. Gleaming the Cube. Where is Jones? Where is Crew Jones? You know what movies Dude. I really liked? I liked the ones that Chris Howder did. Did you guys ever oh, get yeah. to see those? Roll. Those were really good. I like yeah. the documentaries, Roll and yeah. The yeah, those were good too. Those were good. Yeah, my vote for documentaries is Jiu-Jitsu versus the World. It it's got my uh my uh, all of our our good friend Philly Pete just showing how you do this in the real world the right way, <laughs> unstoppable. Can't argue. Camera's right on him for the wrong reason, and you made it the right reason. Jiu-Jitsu versus the World. What a great movie. Right. That's an awesome one. But you can't really compare that with Jim Cotta, so you know. There's pretty cool documentary of. Do you guys? Did you guys see? I, I always mention this, and no one's seen it. Um, which, uh, but uh, that Tony Pesensky did. You know Tony Pesensky, Steve? Yeah, I do. Uh, I, I I saw some of it. I for, I forget the name of it. Yeah, me too. He did something where he worked on curriculum with uh, Hicks Hickson for like a month or two. 
leading up to the release of the JJGF, and then yeah. he he did a documentary talking about not just talking about his time with Hickson. It wasn't shot with Hickson, but he talks about it, and um, I, I liked the documentary. I thought it was good. Yeah, I, I, did, I didn't end up getting a chance to finish it, but I got it halfway through. Have you guys watched Daisy Fresh? Which one? Daisy Fresh. Oh, yeah, that's good. God, those guys are animals. That's yeah. not just a deodorant or something? Um, oh, you know, uh, is that a Tortuga soap? Tortuga soap? Uh, a new Jesus. <laughs> you know, like, Brian, we're just here to get stepped on, I guess. It's uh it's it's uh you know uh it's, I'm sure you're all it was kind of a like a like a like a joint production on him focusing on this academy that, man, they have nothing. They have, yeah like Heath Pedigo Heath Pedigo has made probably one of the best teams in the country. And these savages. guys really train like on the b- below bare minimums, but they, they win everything. I take yeah. it back. These guys have no so when the academy closes, there's no heat. These guys go to Seven Eleven and buy like microwave meals, and they come back and they're training in ice cold. They're like, "Hey, we once we're warm, we're fine." But they're training in the Midwest, uh, Middle America. I think it's Illinois somewhere. Uh, and they are these guys. They train all night. They train all day and all night. They live on the mats. They sleep on the mats. They have no home. All they do is train jujitsu. Mm-hmm. Like they find food, and this guy is amazing. He like he he opens his academy. These people that really and he's got a day job, so he's like, you know what I mean? Like they, it's not a big money making academy, but sometimes the best ones aren't. You know what I mean? And it's just a story of these guys that are just animals for jujitsu, and all they want to do is train. That's all they care about is training. And now they're just they're lighting up the scene. Is it mo- it's a movie? Yeah, it's called Daisy Fresh. You can, uh, I, I'm not sure the, the best venue for seeing it, Brian, do you know? Can you find it? You on, if you go on the Show Your Roll uh, Facebook page, you'll see the links to it all. I think it's on Flow Grappling, right? Yeah, it should be on there as well. There's a, a bunch of stuff going on in the comments here. Uh, UFC Fight Island, I actually have it here. I, I'm not going to try to share screen right now because I don't know what happens when I do that. We should test it before. But uh, in short, the UFC Fight Islands being built right now, says Dana White, will be ready within a month. It was originally set for the Tachi Palace, which is on, the, uh, on, a, on a reservation. But he said that, yeah, a month from there, I can ship guys over there early. They can start training over there on the island. And I'm telling all the guys not to worry because Fight Island is going to happen. This is right from Dana White today. So, the, so uh, Gary, I guess um, you can crawl into a hole or whatever. Have another cheeseburger. <laughs> you have to know my relationship with this guy in order to appreciate. I'm not just being mean to him, but uh, yeah, you, you you are. But but Gary is the type of person that lives for for this. So. Um, Speaking of which, uh, check out the the News of Our Demise podcast. You'll see this guy saying the most ridiculous shit you've ever heard. News of Our Demise podcast. Uh, Just look it on newsofourdemise.com. It says sort of like if you took, uh, what is it, Weekend Update from Saturday Night Live and combined it with pretty much the grossest comedians that you could possibly think of. Right. Like the, so, uh, at one point they had a chicken McNugget eating contest, which was more disgusting things. I've yeah. Heard. They go uh, way Also like a strange yeah. Riddler. Do you remember what were the sodas they drank? I'm sorry. One more time. There was some crazy soda flavors. 
Yeah. Like soda. Yeah, the farm sodas. Yeah, buffalo yes. chicken soda. Good. That was a good one. Yeah, and they had the the ranch dressing soda to go with it. <laughs> but yeah, you're not really scratching the surface of how disgusting this uh, podcast is. It's hilarious. If you if you grew up listening to you know Frank Zappa and all that kind of stuff, this is where you want to be, Gary. I'm just saying things that are just Gary off right now because he hates Frank Zappa. <laughs> But yeah, Gary and Kyle are going deep about uh, about how they miss your, you know, Kyle misses your uh, sessions with you guys on Sunday morning, and uh, yeah, yeah uh, it's on Show Your Roll's YouTube page. If you're a YouTuber, just go to Show Your Roll, and you can see Daisy Fresh. You just on there. Gary points out that uh, he's making the the fight island, but there are no fights planned let uh, so far. So he's he's staying staying tight. Corey we'll said his favorite. Off. Corey's favorite. They just mobilized their ESPN crew to do a fight to do a card. Corey's favorite news of Artemise episode was cat tuna fish versus regular tuna fish, and they all liked the cat tuna fish better, <laughs> despite so not disgusting. knowing. Uh, and Gary said that he tasted it tasted like whale jizz. So that should give you an idea of where we're going with this. Not safe for work, not safe for home, not really safe for anybody. But feel free to go to Gary's podcast. They actually have a lot of listeners. So congratulations. I want to know how they know how that tastes. That's because Gary's disgusting. <laughs> Great point. How do you know what whale jizz tastes like? <laughs> Gary is disgusting. So thank you, Gary, for destroying the uh, integrity of this podcast, too, just by living. You got Greg Wooded up here talking about trying to make jujitsu respectable, and then now look at where you got. You're talking about whale jizz. Nice job. Here we are. Where you've gone. Tune out. All the PMA kids, tune out. Quick. (laughs) (laughs) Put a a new hashtag on this one. (laughs) (laughs) I got a question. Yeah, Brian. I've seen a couple uh, like weird bikes you're putting together. Like, what are you what are you working on in the in the garage right now? Uh, <laughs> I just got my uh, Haro 29, 29 inch BMX done. Um, before that, I uh, I did a GT, and like, yeah, you know, it's these are things that I've been doing. Since I was a kid, man. Literally, with my brother, and you know, it's just a hobby. Aside from car building trucks and stuff like that. Riding BMX bikes and riding bikes is, is my thing. Like my, my cousin and I, we did a five mile b- mountain bike ride up today up some hills, so that was fun. But anything with the bike, I'm on it. So, dude, that was a GT performer, right? With yeah. The- yeah, that was cool. That was cool. Yeah. Like I think I like I I, I might have po- like uh, replied to one of your posts like my <laughs> bike when I was growing up was was a Haro FSX. Yeah, and I ended up getting it, and I was like, man, this bike is so rad. And obviously, like. Every like you know, you eventually trash it like because you yeah. you wipe out a ton. You know what I mean? But yeah. I, I think that was probably my favorite bike growing up. You're also like uh, you had some pretty sick cars, right? And you got a pretty significant accident back when. Yeah, you know, uh, I, I'm I'm. It's funny because I'm always doing something like between again bikes and cars. It's always something. Um, like right now, I'm, my my Toyota FJ Cruiser. It's like jacked up lifted and <laughs> my other project so you know always something dude what was that when we went to black belts for butterflies you, was it yours or james's uh it was a rental it was like a sick uh was it a challenger 
Yeah, yeah. James has one. He has one at home. So he's uh, okay. yeah, he loves fast cars. We're both fast car guys too. So <laughs> it's like I think I think uh, car building is probably the most expensive hobby you could have. <laughs> it's brutal. It's brutal. Yeah. Like talk to my wife. Like <laughs> what do you? I have? get like a, I get like an annual budget. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, so what, let me let me ask you guys this. Going on a different subject since the flow. Uh, podcast talks about it quite a bit who's number one from a fan from a fan's perspective all time let's Could go around no, get, like get a little competitor current, i know my all time but current competitor gi and no gi so kevin who's your number one in the gi right now who's your number one no gi my favorite in the gi right now um i love keenan cornelius because he's a He's technically just uh, amazing, and Buchetta. I love Buchetta a lot. Um, Nogi, I, I like Josh Hanger. He's a. I like his style of Nogi. Um, Are you talking about current competitors or? Yeah, current competitors. Current competitors. Yeah, that's about it. I, there's there's so many that I, I like. I, I admire competitors, uh, the people that actually get out there and can still do it. I've competed in, in a while because of my my, my uh, surgeries but hopefully hopefully soon again Steve who do you got uh, I haven't been following too many like geek competitors lately uh, you know just because Nogi has been the main thing on the mainstream uh, I'm a fan of Craig Jones I, I, I like how he, he gets through, talks a little shit but not too much Mm. You know, like Gordon. Gordon's got a good game. I just, I'm not a fan of him personally. I guess, you know. But yeah, I'm digging Craig. Jay, uh, I think Nogi. Like, it's you know, if you're looking at who's the best, it, there's no question that it's Gordon. Like, yeah. like you can be like, I think he's a good guy. You know what I mean? I think he knows how to market himself. It's kind of like a Chael son. And if you take what. It is on UFC, like, you know, like marketing film. Like, you probably don't like the guy, but when you realize what he's trying to do, no. you know what I mean? Gordon's the best no-gi. Uh, gi, I'm a huge Mikey Musumeci fan. I love what he's doing. He He's a true warrior. He has weight classes to challenge himself further. I think he's one of the greatest artists out there. Uh, I also am a, I'm a huge fan of Nicholas Miragali. I think he, his intensity is something that um, we all too and he uh, he does some modern techniques but Miragali does a lot of classic jiu-jitsu that's just really beautiful yeah yeah what do you think Laws what's that oh man be a mosquito for um, Guy and Lachlan Giles he's, he's got some sick stuff so he, nice. he kind of is alongside with uh, Craig Jones for me but that's a really great stuff that I've been working on yeah, I mean, I, man, I'm, but there's a thing, right, of, like, because I've turned on some of these guys, like, like, if you look at them as humans, which I'm more looking at now, I can't. Oh, you got to stop doing that. <laughs> yeah, but I have to, dude, I have to. I'm, like, I look at the whole thing, and there's people that I, I have had to shut off because I can't stand them anymore. Uh, but, and for, but for that reason, like, I've grown to respect Keenan Cornelius a lot more recently because of, uh. Well, like he's, um, 
Lachlan is the man right now. I feel like, right? Mm -hmm. Like he's 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 one of the man, one of the men for sure. Um, yeah. Most of the guys don't really like Jones compete anymore. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like Mar Marcelo to me is always like will be the the, the greatest of all time for, for me for for on all levels of everything, you know. But that's me. Um, Greg, how about you? Can't yeah. hear you, Jay. Can't hear you, Jay. Oh, I was saying he is transcendent across gi, no gi, and white classes. Did you see Marcelo, by the way, was talking about coming back for ADCC? I had no idea how yeah. young he was. He's. I thought he was like 40. He's not even close. He's like just he's younger. I had no idea. So he's hey, guys. Game, Start so off. Here. I'm calling him for uh, no gi <laughs> and gi. Who's yeah. that? Marcelo, oh, he's yeah. in the game. You just said no, all time, all time. If all I'm gonna say, sure. if I'm gonna say all time, Roger's my favorite. Roger's my favorite all time. You can't Roger. argue that. Yeah, Roger in the game. Marcelo Nogi for me. But even even Roger Nogi, Roger Nogi, he <laughs> won it all too. You yeah. know. Um, but I don't know. I guess just being a competitor and looking how how the, the game is now, I think Bashesha still has it in him in the gi. And I don't. I just don't think Ryan can be denied. Like this, these guys are just ridiculous. You know what they're doing. That's right. Who knows? You know. Who knows? After this whole pandemic is over, some guy's gonna come out of the woodwork and kill everybody. <laughs> right. Nicky Rod. Nobody that trains like an animal every day is like, all right. Now I'm gonna step on the scene. I mean, it does happen, right? Like that's what we yeah. see. Someone will emerge. You know what I mean? I think someone, to your point, Brian, someone like Buchecha or. Gordon, I think those guys are rare. I think those guys are really rare. That Hodger, for sure, like he is, you know, my opinion. If if we're talking about like not active, he is. Yeah. Marcelo Garcia is right there for sure. Like you can. This is like a little bit comes to music. Like there's, it's like right. Like oh, this is why I think this is what you think, and statistics kind of like are are similar. You know what I mean? But. Those guys, the people we're seeing right now are super rare. Like some of these guys, like watching Gordon compete, uh, you know, what having watched Hodger compete, Buchecha, like we got to see Marcus Buchecha's entire career mm -hmm. as black belts and watch him absolutely dominate. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've always loved Gary Tonin's style for sure mm -hmm. too. Like Gary Tonin's one of my favorite yeah. rappers. The wars, the. <laughs> The Wars of Kron, man, those were crazy. Oh, Even yeah. the most recent, uh, he he's had a mate. I mean, when he, you know, he's how about him and him and uh, him and Paul Harris, right? Right. I mean, that was how are you not entertained? You know, I mean, match ever. Yeah, I'll I'll represent the old dudes here. I mean, whoever's actually going to win, I guess if that's the question. I mean, that's kind of you're down to a, a small group, you know, Marigali and, and those guys. But I like watching uh, Megaton. I, I like watching him because he's ancient as hell and out there killing it. Um, for me, I I really dig, uh, I think, I mean, whether he's going to win or not, I don't know, Josh Hanger, but I really like watching him. Uh, and I really like uh, watching uh, Thor, uh, John Plank, you know. I Again, I don't know if he's going to be competing on the on the highest levels and that stuff, but just watching guys like that is uh, inspirational as hell for me. You guys think we'll see uh, Salo strap it on, step back on the mat again at some point? Salo. It's only been two years. That's true. He, he what did he didn't he win Masters Worlds or what was it he won that last one? Pans. 
something. He won. He won Pan's uh, Master Three and World's Master Three, and then stopped. Like it was two years ago. He won both. Hey Jay, Jay, are you in Solo's division? Yeah, so Brian. <laughs> Uh, I had, I had a, Salo I had a is my new favorite. Forget everything I said. I go with Salo. Uh, he and I had, he and I had like an, uh, like an hour and a half discussion at Pans in 2019 about kind of this type of thing and about his mental approach towards his psychological attack on how he competes is probably uh, more intense than any other competitor I ever talked to. He talks about how, like, how he beats you before you even start. How he beats you in the first position, even if you get the advantage positionally. How he knows how to psychologically attack you. Yeah, like a samurai. Yeah. It, was, it was pretty. In, it was pretty intense. It was have a, you rolled with him, Jay? I have not. I rolled with him when I went to Jiu-Jitsu University uh, a few times, and um, it did. I did feel psychologically um, abused. <laughs> <laughs> I took a private with him as a white belt, and it was awesome. Like, blew my mind, made me love jujitsu. He caught me like four times. I was a brown belt at the time. He caught me like four times with a one-handed, just grabbing my collar and one-handed paper cutter from side mount that I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't escape. And one of his students, I told one of his students that one time afterwards, and he's like, oh, yeah, he likes that thing, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> couldn't turn in, wanted to turn in, could not turn in, couldn't move, died. And probably, uh, you know, as, as, as a cross-training judo guy, probably the best Sayanagi I've seen from guy, um, you know, that I, that I can think of. Yeah, but look at Megaton's uh, Tomonagi out to the side, Yoko. I got I love that. I just, he throws himself all the way out to the right, turns everybody around, and ends up on top. Love that. You guys, you guys ever uh, watch Hinato Kanuto fight? That is probably the most exciting guy on the team period. Sorry to interrupt, but uh, in the list here, I'm watching everybody's favorite come down the list here, Gary Fawcett, Hanato Canuto. There yeah. you go. Yeah. He is, Sorry. I mean, you're, you're talking about a guy that attacks relentlessly. Yeah. Like all over, gi and no gi, he is like ridiculous. And yeah. he's, he's a nice guy. I hung out with him when I was in Guam when we both did the Mariana's Open, and he's a really cool dude. And, uh, you know, you get to know somebody on a personal level and you see them compete, you're like, wow, you know, he's just putting himself out there. Yep. Now, let me say this. Since we said, like, I say Marcelo is the greatest of all time. You said Roger. And, like, I'm, dude, I'm not, like, Roger is right there with me too. But, like, if you looked at the whole picture of, like, MMA and everything else, does Damian Maya has to be in the conversation, right? Sure. Sure. One of the greatest displays of jiu-jitsu in MMA, for sure. And obviously, um, in jiu-jitsu, the guy is uh, a virtuoso. You know what I mean? Like, I, I can't deny that. You know, he, has, he doesn't have the resume, jiu-jitsu-wise, that some of these other guys do. But obviously, we've seen what he's capable of doing, and I think it's irrefutable. I think he won a world title, though, at Black Belt, right? Or maybe Wait, not. I just got 10. No, I mean, I'm not saying he <laughs> <but laughs> hasn't had the career in, in, in fighting, you know, that, I mean, he did, but not like Damian Myers had. No, no, definitely not. No. As far as deploying the skill in MMA, like, I don't think you can, Hickson would be the one. I like what uh, 
I like what Lovato has done this past couple of years. Yeah, man. Lovato's like, you know, he's he's gone obviously to the highest level with uh, you know the whole Bellator thing, and he's done awesome. And he did what he did amazing in the gi. He did amazing no gi, and then now he's he's putting it to work. And I trained with Lovato, and that was one of the worst worst training sessions ever. <laughs> and he's another guy that fights at heavyweight and master three. Like, there's a 40-plus-year-old guy dominating in MMA right now with amazing jiu-jitsu. Um, you know, like, I, w- I would be excited. Like, you know what I mean? Obviously, he's a super tough guy, but, like, you know, you see him in a division. Like, like in any given, you know, I, I hate to, like, heavyweight is what I know, right? So, like, uh, but you could, you and I could sign up for PANS next year or Worlds this summer, and it could be Lovato and Salo mm-hmm. in your weight class. Yeah, you know what I mean. These guys are man. They should be afraid of you guys. They should be afraid of you guys. That's how this I think works. They are. That's why they're not signing up. That's how this works. You know, I've you been can't. beat up by Jay way more times than I've been beat up by Solo. You made a really <laughs> good point. So I think using jujitsu math, Jay yeah. is better. Uh, Gary did want to point out that his point was he wanted to see uh, Hanato uh, Kanuda against uh, versus uh, Gary Tan in at ADC. That's what he was trying to say. Here. That would be incredible. Sorry, I, I mean, that's scary. That that well, would be insane. And even though I said like I just throw the Damian Maya thing out there, I I think Ryan Hall's got the best jujitsu in MMA though. That's I who really I want to see. I want to see, see Tone and, and Ryan Hall. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. that'd be interesting. That'd, that'd be it. Awesome. Two different uh, uh, promotions, though, right? Yeah, yeah. For now, anyway. But like, you think of, you think about that about display of jujitsu and MMA. Uh, you know, he submitted he submitted BJ Penn, and whether I don't care when it is in your career, you submit BJ Penn, you have my respect. Uh, he has some of the best uh, jujitsu from MMA. He's actually crossing lines as far as what we typically see as sport techniques. Mm-hmm. Uh, done in the cage, and I I think it's super impressive. I you know obviously he he's on another level. I can't wait to see what he does. He doesn't have the record um, to kind of draw some of the you know the top tenors, but like we like as we talked to John about, um, you know he's getting attention. There's some top ten guys that now want to fight him, and I think what you're going to see is that everyone will have the same difficulties as all his other opponents have in that. He's just so dominant in the, in the grappling realm that he's going to be a, a force to be reckoned with if you can't keep him on his feet. One crazy thing about Ryan Hall is that he's been doing 50-50 for MMA. Mm-hmm. It's good, too. I've, been, I've practiced it a bit. So it, it would be interesting to see him and Gary Tonin, like two guys that are into the whole leg lock battle and MMA, to see how they would fare against one another. Right. Kyle, the Kyle. best match ever for us you guys to watch and the worst match for your redneck <laughs> UFC fan. Put my daughter to bed. I really appreciate you guys uh, making me part of this. And uh, I look forward to meeting each one of you guys personally. And thank you, George, for setting this up. Thank you. It's great to have hey, you Kevin, on. Open mat once this thing is over. The, the, the students want it, so we'll make it happen. Absolutely, brother. I can't wait. You guys be, awesome. safe, be healthy, please. You too. You as well. Bye. Yeah. Kyle wanted to throw, Kyle from the internet, Kyle Gossa wanted to throw uh, uh, Verdum into the mix for BJJ yeah. and MMA. 
uh, he submitted Kane with a triangle in the third round. He also said he's three-time world yep, champion yep. and two-time ADCC champ. So uh, despite the fact that he keeps making that silly face, which kind of turns me <laughs> off, I really – I can't uh, – I can't. I can't get it in between there. So there you go. have you guys seen his triangle instructional? Mm-mm. He uh, there's this uh, outtake of his triangle instructional where he puts out Hizuki, <laughs> like he's like showing, and he's like he kind of makes the cross, and he hasn't pulled out like the arm's not even across yet. He's like, and here's when like we can start to adjust the position, and he kind of goes oh, and <laughs> <it has it. laughs> you can right? find it on YouTube. It's great. <laughs> Hey, you know who's not at the top, but who I who is endlessly entertaining to me, especially now. I don't love the uh, I don't everything he, he uh, everything, but uh, is Jeff Glover. Oh yeah, when he puts out those videos of just like King rolling with his students, it's just one after the other after the other creative entry, and I'm always just like, oh, that's amazing. Yeah, he, yeah. he's awesome. I love that dude. Yeah, you know what I videos I like the ones that Keenan Cornelius does where he's like telling you what he's doing and what he's hunting for when he's rolling with his sure. students. Yeah. <laughs> yep, I, li- I like Keenan. I think, I think he's changing the game a little bit as far as sports jujitsu ju- is concerned. Um, you know, the way he been on a self-defense kick lately. Yeah. You see him doing some knife defense stuff. Just yeah. today, uh, there was a video out to your point, Steve, of, what? How he would handle himself against like a knifed attacker? Yeah, that was interesting to watch. You know, I I think that um, he gets uh, some undue uh, criticism. You know, for what he for what he's trying to do. Obviously, like the American Jiu Jitsu thing is like his marketing. You know, way of going about his 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 new academy, but. I think that his jiu-jitsu is great. He has every right to open an academy. I think he's got a lot to teach people. I think he's a super high-level competitor. I think he's very creative. And based on what I've seen, like everyone, like I've heard a lot of people say that he has this gigantic ego. I don't see that. I see him being like as a guy that's just trying to improve himself. And for people that are on that level, I think his ego is pretty well in check. People who put themselves out like that and make a lot of money are going to end up pulling that no matter what. That's it. You know, anybody who's successful at what they do are going to pull that off the internet. The internet's full of people who will talk about stuff and not do it. And they see someone like that who's willing to engage. I mean, he's going to get, he's going to get shit no matter what. He's a blast on Reddit and stuff. I I like his persona. Uh, Plus, isn't he BJJ scout, right? I mean, that's like, well, that's I don't awesome. think that ever came out who BJJ scout was. I think it came out that it was him. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, hey, we're on a podcast nobody's listening to, so I'm the one who's saying it. I think I read it. Maybe I read it wrong. Nobody yeah, else said cool. it. I'll own that. But I believe it. If it was him, and I always heard that it was, but I didn't know that it was confirmed. <laughs> hey guys, don't mean to cut you off. Uh, I got dinner plans with my mom. Yeah. Um, George, thank you, everybody. Great Good to meet to everybody. You. Yeah, nice to meet you. Thank you guys, Steve. Great Good. meeting you as well, brother. Well, see you soon, brother. Great to talk Happy to you. Happy to you all. Everybody have a safe weekend and uh, be safe, everybody. Take care, Great okay? See you, see you, see you buddy. Guys, bye-bye. Bye bye. 
I know we're winding down here, but we we have uh, our buddy Kyle there is trained with most of these people. He's making comments on all these people as we go by. Like he's saying, no, Jay. I mean, he's agreeing with you, Jay, that uh, Keenan is extremely humble in person. He can uh, confirm because he trained at Victory. He said watching Jeff at Victory before he left was absolutely spectacular. And uh, yeah, we're we're lucky to have people that that we train with that are training with these people too, you know. Mm -hmm. Jiu-Jitsu around the world. Yeah. Who's this, Kyle? Kyle used to train with us. Um, What's his last name? Navy. What's that? What's his Goslin. last name? Goslin. Goslin. Oh, okay. I wondered if I had seen him on Facebook. Sorry. He, he used to train. He's in the Navy, and he trained with us for a few years. And uh, and he we, we nicknamed him the King of the White Belts, dude. <laughs> and he's a great human being. But he's, his, his wife's a great human being, too, because she made him a T-shirt that said King of the White Belts. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I, I'll, I'll honestly tell you, like, I don't, like, I don't, you know, I'm not going to pick anybody out in particular when it comes to students or things like that. Like, I love all the people that we train with, but he's a guy that, you know, when he was, he needed jujitsu when he showed up. Mm -hmm. And I've never seen anybody dedicate himself so hard to the art. And I know that he loves us and he loves the Port City flag and, you know, he was able, uh, like, we have the USS Constitution American flag flying in our academy, and it's because of him. And, uh, brother, we, we honor that every day, and we're looking forward to the day when you come back. Seriously. He came in, the first time he ever came in, he brought his kid to kids' class. And uh, and he was, like, talking about coming to train jiu-jitsu, and I was just like, dude, you just got to do it, you know? And, uh, and it took him a while to get back, but then he came back like six months later or whatever. And then once he was in, he was in, he was in. And I did yeah. 477 times. <laughs> right. Talk about, like he started and he was in class. Like he trained like six or seven times a week, every week until he moved back out to he moved out to San, San Diego due to his, um, obligations with the, uh, with the military. But for every time I guillotined him, he took me down twice. <laughs> because he's a wrestler. Yeah, yeah, he'd get you with the takedown. Um, so, thank you guys for coming tonight. The guy, you guys that are left, my friends Greg Wood and Steve Austin, mm -hmm. man. It's uh, like jujitsu has given me probably the, the thing that is most important that I really love is like friendships with you guys, mm -hmm. right? Who I would have never met. I actually, well, I would have met Riddler, you know, but the rest of you guys, I would have never met if it wasn't for jujitsu. And so like, yeah, I definitely miss, you know, rolling for sure. But the thing that I discovered that I missed the most was just being on the mats with you guys. Like I really missed that part. So, um, the first night we did this, I, re I was like, man, that made me feel really good. So, um, I really appreciate having you guys in my life for sure. You know, and I hope I can't wait to see you guys. I saw Greg Wood pretty recently, but you know, whatever, right before Corona apocalypse. Yeah, I came up to avoid my uh, to avoid getting punched in the face, which I said you could punch me in the face if I see you in Mexico and I haven't visited yet. <laughs> turns out you didn't have to rush up. No, and George was all excited about it. And turns out I didn't. I didn't even have to put myself through that. Just kidding. Yeah. No, that was a fantastic yeah. trip, man. I got to do it again. That was great. I had to, I gotta do it when Jay's made it, when Jay's uh, available. Right. And hey, don't worry about it, man. Once we get the, like I've said, and I've professed this now publicly, it's all over the place now that um, 
you know, I'm going to come see those people that I keep on saying I'm going to come see and PMA is high on the list. Oh man, I got an A1 gi here for you. I win anytime. Nice. Could you uh, go ahead and throw that in the dryer a couple times just so that it's shrink to fit? We'll shrink it up. All and right, there's a great you. Mexican restaurant right next mm. to Greg's place. Yeah, nice. really good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Steve, I wanted to say you made a big impression on me when you came up the last time and we rolled and you were um, protecting against the stack with the two leg with the, your hands on the thighs where oh, you put okay. your yeah, dude, I teach that to my girls all the time. I do that move all the time. That was a huge thing I took away from uh, when you came up and trained with us that one time. Dude, that was awesome. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I, it, growing up with, like, I got a, I got back issues. So anytime I get stacked, it's it's very dangerous for me. Yeah. So that that was um, – it's actually interesting. Stambowski does something like that, too, where he showed from um, – he does it when he's in the triangle and somebody is trying to stack him where he'll yeah. push the knee around, around the neck. And it's been super effective. But um, glad you enjoyed it. And you know what? I added the shoulder walk into our drills. Yeah, it kind of creeping yeah. back. We'll yeah. do that down yeah. the mat. I don't do it every class, but <laughs> I definitely do. dance, right? Yeah. Right. Good. Good stuff. Thank yeah, you. Awesome. I'm glad you're enjoying it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I also want to thank you guys um, during this time. You know what I mean? we got to scratch the itch however we can. And uh, I think, you know, it can't happen on the map, but the blessing is uh, that we get to connect with you guys and, and talk and see how things are going and chit chit chat about things. And that's the next best thing about jujitsu aside from training is talking about it. Right. And the community. And uh, so I want to thank you guys for being open to talk and open to coming on and chit chatting. Like, you know what I mean? It's uh, it's never about the patch on the back of the gi, right? It's that we all love the same art and through that we've become friends. And so we hop on these things to, to connect with friends. And I just uh, thank you guys for doing this. I really appreciate it. Yeah, man. Glad to know all you guys. Yeah, it's, awesome. it's it's interesting seeing how many people are being super creative with the training, um, you know, drills that they can do on their own, and just everybody as black belts, we're problem solvers. You know, jujitsu in general, that's what we're doing. We're problem solving, and everybody kind of trying to find these little things to do and share. Everybody's getting super creative with it. Kind of just like one of the positive things. And I don't I don't know about you guys, but like, has it, have any of you ever had to take any time off from jujitsu for like injuries, like a long period of time? I took eight years off. <laughs> I did. I yeah. got my purple belt promptly took seven or eight years off and then had to come back and get beaten up by all my former. Yeah. And, and that's a big gap. A lot of people won't come back just because of how long it's been. Right. And that's, you know, you know, big accomplishment there. But anytime, anybody who's had to take time off, like, I, I think the longest was six months for me because of an injury and, you know, being down this month sucks, but it's not the worst. And I've seen these kind of things before on, on my end personally. And it's just, you know, the mental reps, the mental training, the conversations, uh, jumping on a Zoom meeting with my students the other night. It was just great seeing faces and smiling faces and mm-hmm. bullshitting, whether it was about jiu-jitsu or that fucking show Tiger King, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Same here. And it's just, it's nice having that connection. And I appreciate it as well, guys. I, uh, you know, to like, I know that we're wrapping up, but Greg, like that thing that, that to get to purple belt and quit for eight years and come back and then yeah. black belt and be the leader of your own academy and a super tactical guy like that is probably what we see people fail at the most. 
And that's a super tough task, man. That that's amazing. That's amazing. Thanks. It was it was definitely hard, but and and it and it makes me think of a period like this. It, it might make it too easy for me to forget what a big deal a period like this is for my students. Mm-hmm. But you know, I'm in I'm in there, and you know, to your point, Steve, I think like, uh, and for anybody watching to whom this might be useful, um, you know, using your imagination and um, or 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 you know, just solo drilling stuff is like you can you can get better. You know, you're doing jujitsu when you do any of that. So you know, like I'm broad. A lot of us are broadcasting classes to our students, right? Um, and, uh, I just was saying today in, in my thing that, that, you know, there's like a story of a POW in Vietnam who's like, he liked playing golf. So like when he was in prison with nothing to do, he just like ran the, his home golf course in his head over and over and over every slope, every tree, every whatever. Uh, and he came back, uh, after like five years in, uh, in prison, uh, as a POW and he went to play golf and he was like. 10 times better than he'd ever been because he just in his imagination the whole time. So I tell my students, Hey, cause I talk to him too. And I'm like, are you, are you watching the classes? And they're like, ah, I'm busy. You know, it's tough. Cause I have kids, you know? And uh, I'm like, Hey, put it on and, and like listen to it and watch it and try to picture yourself in it as much as you can, because using your imagination is actually very powerful. That is really, that's really great information. And I'm glad you said that. And I'm happy to know that it works because basically every day of this entire uh, pandemic, I've been imagining beating the shit out of Jay. So it's great to hear that it's going to work because I just thought I was imagining it, but you're not going to work. Imagine it can be real. (laughs) If you feel it, it is no dream. (laughs) Ah, you guys, I promise to, uh, let's do it again. We'll do this again. I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, Hopefully we'll be back on the mat and I'll be visiting you soon and I'll be dragging Jay's ass with me, mm-hmm. but, uh, willingly, right. Stay healthy friends. Be good. Thanks for everything, boys. Have a great weekend. Enjoy it. Everyone. Take care. Good to you. Peace. Bye-bye.